The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. He would throw all of them under the bus. Both of his sons, it's already been stated and reported that he would throw Don Jr. under the bus first before he'd throw Ivanka on the bus, uh, under the bus. And so, I, I, you know, because he's always had that infatuation with that, little, with that young lady, and it's really sad. Those teams can't be held accountable to anybody else but themselves. So until they get sued that they break up the NFL in an in a antitrust kind of way, then nothing's going to happen. So they do everything at all costs to not have discovery. He never spoke out against Trump. And, and Trump has been touting that same line that Pence could have done this, Pence could have done that. He is, not, he is not lightened up on that. He's been saying that since the beginning, and he's still going after Pence, and he's still saying this stuff. Why is Pence doing this now? You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning and welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, the show where we discuss politics social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, and good morning. Today is September 18th, 2022, and you're listening to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show. It's the Sunday morning roundtable where our panelists bring their topics to the table. We'll step out, take an NPR News update, and then we'll be right back. Keep it right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. A strong earthquake struck southeastern Taiwan today. Local authorities say the quake had a magnitude of at least 6.8. NPR's John Brewitt reports. The quake hit a relatively sparsely populated part of the island. Early reports say it caused some damage to buildings and infrastructure. Taiwan media showed pictures of a bridge that was damaged as well as a convenience store that had collapsed and derailed train carriages. The earthquake came just a day after a similarly measured quake hit the same region along with several aftershocks. Taiwan media said the island's nuclear power plants were operating normally, and Reuters reports that science parks in southern Taiwan, where major semiconductor factories operate, say there has been no impact on operations. John Ruich, NPR News, Shanghai. A convenience store was on the ground floor of a three-story building that collapsed. Local media report the owner of the building and his wife, along with two others, were rescued from the rubble. Meanwhile, rescuers are reported to be working to clear a mountain road blocked by a landslide. Hundreds of tourists are said to be stranded. In Britain, final preparations are underway for Queen Elizabeth's state funeral tomorrow. Vicki Parker is in London. More than 500 world leaders and foreign dignitaries have begun converging on Britain. They'll be among the 2,000 people attending the funeral service in Westminster Abbey. Huge screens are being erected along the funeral procession route and in public parks across Britain. And more than 100 cinemas will live stream this, Britain's biggest state funeral since Winston Churchill's in 19. 
1965. 4,000 military personnel will take part in the procession, including 200 pipers and drummers. 98 Royal Navy sailors will pull the gun carriage bearing the Queen's coffin for two miles through London until it is transferred to the Royal Hearse for burial at Windsor Castle. For NPR News, I'm Vicki Barker in London. President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden arrived in London last night and are to join world leaders at an official reception at Buckingham Palace today. They're also to view the Queen lying in state at Westminster Hall. Today is the last full day that Queen Elizabeth Coffin will lie in state. The line has not yet been closed, but the wait is many hours long. The British government is now asking people not to join it to avoid disappointment. Protesters gathered outside Azerbaijan's consulate in Los Angeles this weekend. The protest follows last week's deadly clashes between Azerbaijan and Armenia. The fighting follows a war two years ago linked to the dispute over the enclave of Nagorno-Karabakh. This latest fighting left some 200 people dead on both sides. The protest comes as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is blaming Azerbaijan for the attacks, calling them illegal. She's at the head of a congressional delegation visiting Armenia this weekend. And you're listening to NPR News. They're going to find you. So stop kidding yourself. Sir, have you been drinking tonight? Sir, have you been drinking this evening? Sir, have you been drinking tonight? They will catch you and arrest you. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is that calling number three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is the serious side of the Jay Raw show. Of course, I'm Jay Raw. It is so fun to be back in the house, and as always, I never share this stage by myself. Let me bring in the player players. Miss Vanessa Maybell, my big sister's in the house. Mr. Les, the man who gets the first and last word, is here as well. Good morning to one. Good morning to all. Vanessa, good morning to you, Glam Queen. How are you doing on this beautiful Sunday morning? Good morning. Do not teach me about my voice. Good morning, everybody. Okay. We're not going to tease you about your voice. But you sound like you've been yelling. But it's good that you're here. And uh, well, as always, have you? Oh, that's right. I didn't come home. Ooh, boy. okay. Well, she's here. She's fighting hard. And uh, we are happy that she's a hockey player and she's playing her. Welcome in. Mr. Elias is in the house. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, good morning, good morning, good morning to you and one good morning, Nessa, one Kathleen, one Rich Sister, one Mary and the Music, one Momo B, and good morning to my brother Hulk and good morning to my brother Jerome. What about the real deal? Did she get a kiss this morning? I mean, she's always here. Bob. Good morning, Real Diggy, by all means, most definitely. Well, I tell you what, Real Diggy, I apologize because, you know, uh, that could be a very sloppy kiss, but you get one anyway. Good morning to you, sweetie, as well. The number three, four, seven. You see the shade that's thrown up and that's then you wonder why. Uh-huh. 
Once again, uh, it's the Sunday Morning Roundtable, where our panelists, our people, my family, they bring their topics to the table. We can't wait to hear what Mr. Elias has on the docket. But as always, we'd like to take a few minutes to uh, what I call a point of personal privilege, where we take a few minutes to wrap and clap, and you know what we're going to talk about. Because uh, I've seen a few messages asking, how did the trip go? So we'll start this thing off with Vanessa. Vanessa, uh, you know, just uh, won't you start us off, and we'll just kind of tag along and fill in the gaps. So, glamping, 2022, we celebrated a monumental event. Uh, this lady, this young lady and her young husband, our young groom, they celebrated 40 years, Mr. Elias, of uh, saying I do and uh, putting up without each other's nonsense. It had to be a beautiful thing, but they have grown. They have created a mini empire, and they are a power couple, Mr. Elias, and they're some of the most loving people that that we've ever, ever had the opportunity to know and love. So, Vanessa, the floor is all yours if you can manage. Suck on a lemon and tell us about the glam trip. Well, actually, the floor should be yours so that you can tell okay. people what you thought of the glam trip from your point of view. Well, and then uh, I, I will, yes. Well, sure. Why not? I can definitely do that. Well, I will say that uh, first and foremost, uh, it was fun. Unfortunately, because of my back, I didn't get a chance to uh, experience the full this of the glampness. I didn't get a chance to stay in the cabin because I couldn't sleep on the beds that were there. But uh, I did experience the mosquitoes, and that was fun. You know, fighting mosquitoes on the lake. But my goodness, it was a wonderful event. Met a lot of great people. The part I didn't like about the glamp trip, though, and I have to be perfectly honest, it was a three-hour span on that Saturday where I sat down to play dominoes, and I only won three freaking games the whole three hours. And that's something that I'm not accustomed to. And uh, I only won three games. Well, you know, your cheating cousin making up his rules, but he didn't win a whole lot. He didn't win a whole lot of games, but he was cheating, making up rules as, you know, as we went along, you know. And, uh, but that was but funny. Yeah. See, that's why I said you need to tell me your point because that was funny when I was over there and I said, don't you know him? And you're like, I don't know. I, I haven't seen him before. I said, he didn't been to your house two or three times. How do you not know who ah. this boy is and he didn't been to your house? That I did not know. Hilarious. That, that was, was hilarious. yeah, that was and hilarious. That was. There. But yeah, uh-huh. I have to tell the audience. The audience yes. remember, remember when I said to JNM that I was not going to tell them who the people were that I was talking about. I was not going to tell them about the Republican people. Yeah, that was kind of foul too. But that's okay. But go ahead. That's that was kind of foul. I'll go ahead and get it out. I figured I, it out. Oh, you did? Okay. I was not going to tell them who had voted, had a sixth grade education, but made lots of money. I wasn't going to tell them who it was, but let's, let's figure out who Oh, I knew was. that. Oh, please. That was obvious. Okay. I told you it was going to be one out there that was gay. Did you ever figure out who that was? The one that was gay. Now, that I did not see. Mr. Elias, did you figure out? Yeah, did you figure out who was the gay guy? He had no idea. Not not until Vanessa told me. 
who it was. Okay, so who was it? Tell me so I'll know. Okay, you know the pretty girls who were in the cabin? Those beautiful young girls? Yes. That was in the other cabin. One of them. Yes. Let's shoot the picture. Beautiful. Okay. You would Uh never know it. But they were young girls. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I, you know, I didn't interact with them. So, I mean, I, 30, I she's probably 30, wouldn't. She's 32 or something. She ain't that young. That's young to me, but okay. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, that could okay. be my granddaddy. And then the other person, so I think, audience, that <laughs> Les and Jay kind of have an understanding as to why some of my friends, I defend <laughs> That are Republicans that I really love. I think Les and Jay kind of probably less more than me. One yeah. set of them yeah. is so mm-hmm. special to me. Mm-hmm. I've handpicked my Republican friends, and that is the reason why I hang out with them and I kind of defend them to a point. Some of them are better to me than my own friggin' family. Am I not right, okay. there? You're 100% right on that one, Vanessa. You're one of the one worked worked her tail off. And I was and like, wow. Bobby, you know. Bobby's family member said was being rude to her. So it's like, mm-hmm. nah, I ain't got nothing to say to you because your wife is white. And you're going to talk about my white friend? Oh, please. So, you know, I'm like, I just, I like my circle. I have my camping friends out there. I got one or two of them, like, like Les, you wanted to know who was the guy that was sitting outside when y'all were getting ready to leave. He's a little mm-hmm. hill village country does not understand our world, this country. He's in, like, in the country for real. And he don't understand our world. So to him, we're showy and we're bougie, but it's all good because he taught us how to camp with that trailer. And it's all right if you want to think that we're like that. But the food truck tripped everybody. Nah, out. Can I can I give can I give my take on it? Yeah, please. Can I, it was excellent from the food to and, and, you know I've never seen anybody have a a fortieth wedding anniversary and then a food truck pulls up and then they cook your food right there in front of you. It, everything was on. It was top notch. Everything was top notch. I I, I, I I had no complaints except for the damn mosquitoes. <laughs> That's the only thing. But, but other but than that, had the, y'all the company, told me, had y'all told mm-hmm. me about the mosquitoes, I had some forty percent deep with me mm-hmm. that you put on your legs of mosquitoes, but I couldn't tell everybody I had it because I didn't have enough all of them people. It wasn't even that, Vanessa. We put on stuff with deep. And the mosquito was like, ah, uh, I'm going, I'm still going to get you. Did y'all have it on the pants like I told y'all to bring? I forgot. Did y'all put on jeans? No, nah, I wasn't putting on no jeans. No, he had on shorts. But, but, but listen, the mosquitoes weren't but that bad. I mean, they didn't bite me that much. I mean, once you all felt they were okay. Telling them to wear shorts in the daytime mm-hmm. and put on jeans at night. I sent them, everybody, a message telling them that. Because that's where I am all the time. But you have to tell the audience that where I am, it's absolutely gorgeous. The place that I go to. Yes, it is. Years. Yes, it I is. Oh, place. God. The sunsets were, were beautiful. 
I, I, you know, yeah. and you're sitting out there near the water, and it, it, everything was just, it, it was, it was, it was. When Les gets to Texas, I'm going to help Les to get a little travel trailer, because Les, it ain't but $43 a night. <laughs> $43 mm. a night to stay out mm. there. That's why I'm down wow. when I'm passing you. Mm. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a good time. Me. And, and they love me. So, I mean, you know. But you know what? I, I'm going to try to arrange it with Les there. I had so much liquor left over that I'm going to have a little private event with about 25 people here gambling with money on the table. And uh, they don't know it's going to be my birthday month. I'm not telling people because I don't want them to bring me anything. I don't want nothing. And I'm not inviting any family. Oh. Well, uh, wow, that's uh, uh, interesting. But I'm going to get... Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, Les. And guess who's going to let me have it at their house? My oh. daughter. Oh, your daughter. My tick, okay. my tick for tech. My Chris, my crow. <laughs> yeah. But she oh. worked out for my mama. Well, I got nervous. I thought she was going to stay in my house for a second. Well, okay. No. All right. Wait, wait, wait. What left them miss, and they didn't tell y'all because they wasn't there. My daughter got up, came 30 minutes away from where she was staying. And my brother-in-law got out there in his pajamas. Two other guests got out there and made long strips of beautiful bacon, eggs, grits, toast, orange juice, and coffee, and served 35, 40 people Saturday morning before the party started. Yeah, it was fun. We had a great, great, great time. We had a wonderful time. And uh, as we continue to go on these adventures, we will definitely let you know what's happening. But i tell you what, we have some heavy lifting to do this morning. It's time to get to the show. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in 36 seconds. Don't you go anywhere. You listen to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show. Thirst quenching, chill, kind of average, and only but goody, but it could never be the average. Guzzle it, sip it, let it flow. You know the seas. We're gonna have a hell of a time with drinks like these. It's the serious side. It is the Sunday morning roundtable, and of course, you know what that means. That means that our people bring their topics to the table, and of course, uh, you know, by rank, Mr. Elias is on the docket first. Mr. Elias, man, what are we talking about during this first segment of the show? Uh, I want to talk about the uh, immigrants that they shipped out to Martha's Vineyard from Texas. <laughs> And they went to, from Texas to Florida, and DeSantos is like, let's ship them to Martha's Vineyard. Let's get them out of here. And I don't know if people know this, but this is an old playbook that the Republicans used to use a long time ago for black folks. Now, they're using the same playbook for the immigrants that are coming in the country that are seeking asylum. So they're coming in, they're not sneaking in. They're going to the border and they're seeking asylum to become U.S. citizens, and these people are still playing games with these people. So I thought, I thought that was a travesty that they did that. It was an injustice. 
because the way they trick these people is that they told these people, hey, we're going to send you on a plane to get you jobs. There's going to be money there. We're going we're gonna to set you up. There's going to be housing. We're going to do everything for you. And once you get there, we'll take care of you. And when they got there, nobody knew that they were coming. Same thing that the Republicans did to black folks in the 60s. So, and why don't you explain that a little bit more? Why don't you, why don't you explain that part about, first of all, one thing, I think there's a correction in order. I don't think Texas are sent, I don't think Texas sent immigrants to Florida. Yeah, I they, think, they, they I were think in you, Florida. They were in Texas first. Well, they were, they, went to, they, flew, they flew from Texas to Florida. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I thought that uh, yeah. that DeSanto saw. I thought Texas. Santos had him coming. Well, I, well, I thought yeah. DeSantos. We can all talk, we can all sing together, but we can't talk together. Go ahead, Vanessa. Say what you're going to say. No, I'm just saying. Abbott sent the ones from Texas to Washington, but Santos came all the way to Texas to get ours to take them to Florida, mm-hmm. to take them to Martha's Vineyard. And then sit them on yep. Obama's driveway because Obama's house is in Martha's Vineyard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So okay, we got it straight. Okay. So so, but but basically, Mr. Elias, why don't you explain because you said something uh, in the uh, in your intro when you talked about how Republicans did this in the '60s. Now, keep in mind, back in the '60s, Democrats were just as racist as Republicans. And so a lot of people were saying, why, you know, why are black folks falling Democrats? Because you had your Dixie Democrats. George McGovern, he was a Democrat. You know, so at the end of the day, you said Republicans were doing this. So why don't you explain a little bit in detail what you mean by uh, Republicans were doing the same thing to black people so people can get a perspective of exactly what you're talking about? I, well, I can't remember the woman's name, but I've seen a story on her. She was in Alabama. And when she went, she was in Alabama, they promised her a, when, if she left and went to Massachusetts, because Massachusetts is a liberal state, because they said the liberals believed in this. So what they did was they told her that it would be a better life for her and her kids. There was a promise of jobs. There was a promise of a housing and that she would meet John F. Kennedy when she got off the bus. Right? So there's pictures of this woman when she got Right before she got to Massachusetts, she got off the bus. She dressed her children in their Sunday's best and her Sunday's best. And when she got off the the, uh, the bus, there was no there was no jobs. There was nothing. The the, the people were promising them a better life if they went up north to get them out of the south. So this is what they did, and it's the same same okay. playbook that they did for the for the immigrants that were seeking asylum. The same playbook. Interesting. Okay, I didn't hear. I never heard about this. Uh, that's that's, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. All right, so so we'll we'll start the conversation there. Um, you know, obviously Greg Abbott started this, and and you know they sent they're sending immigrants to uh, the Naval Reservatory. That's where the vice president uh, resides. Is you know a political pawn. They're using people as political pawns, and, and, and this is the thing that people don't understand. Uh, you know, once again, they did lie. They told them that basically we're going to send you somewhere where you're going to have an opportunity. And what they were looking for when they did this 
They had cameras. Matter of fact, the Santos, he sent a camera crew because what he wanted to show was how hypocritical Democrats were, right? Democrats are saying, oh, you should let them come to your states and blah, blah, blah. But guess what? Democrats don't want them in their cities either. So we're going to send a film crew so when they get off the planes and the buses, we just want to get natural reactions of the natives in those particular states. And it backfired because instead of the, the migrants being treated like second-class citizens, there were church groups there. There were people there handing them food. There were families opening their doors to these people. You know mm-hmm. what people do. And it backfired. But we talk about this on this show all the time. It doesn't matter, man. All the things they do, all their bad, all their bad intentions, it doesn't cost them politically. So what difference does it make? We can shine a light um, on it, but it's not going to do any good. There are people they talked about a young baby on the on the bus that had to be sent to the emergency center because she was so dehydrated that she almost died. A pregnant woman was in pain so bad they had to get her a medical attention. They don't care about these people, but they're not going to pay a political price. I don't think so. So so what are we talking about? Well, you know what, man? My my thought process is this, man. You still need to shine a light on on, on the foulness of the Republican Party. I don't care. These people, they're foul. And 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 when when and, and when 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 they came out and showed that they had compassion for these people and they took care of these people, you know, these people didn't come in the country illegally. They didn't sneak in. They were seeking asylum. So why can't but, you, you know, do what you're supposed to in your state? This is what they're doing. And then they, you know, they they sent people to Chicago. They thought they would get. They would get a reaction, but every city that they sent these people to, they're not getting the reaction that they thought that they would get. There were people are receiving but, these people and trying to help them. Because they're, they're, but guess they're what, man? And, and live in this country and seek asylum and, 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 and become U.S. citizens, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what but America guess what? is about. It's a big melting pot. But, but, but guess what, man? They don't care. <laughs> these people, when you say shining a spotlight on them, you know, people thought about, think about the last time we shined a spotlight on a figure that was just demonstrative. He was horrible. That spotlight helped propel him into the national spotlight where he won in 2016. So when you talk about flashing or putting a spotlight on them, I mean, is that really helping the situation? Or is it really helping the person? If 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 it if this puts a spotlight on and turns some voters away, yes, it it it, it it's it's good to me. But yes. what if it but what if it brings well, more but, but what if it brings more voters to the to the to the fold? Then it brings more voters yes, to the fold. It still needs to be told. It still needs to be told. Okay, I hear you. Yes, Vanessa. Okay, so you know what? Yes. Let me tell you what Bob be with it. My daughter always says, we don't need any more people in Texas. She, uh, she was telling Les that. That's so funny. So I don't, don't take it the wrong way. I don't care if they ship them somewhere else. But what? dang, y'all had to ship them to Martha's Vineyard, which is off the chain great. I mean, they thought they were hurting them. They did them a favor, baby. They're going to have 
a really nice life over there off of Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard is beautiful. How? How how do they have a nice life? They don't Wait. 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 Their life is gonna be better than if they were hiding out over here in Texas with crazy Abbott. Because you know what? Those rich white people over there on Martha's Vineyard, baby, are gonna hire them. And they're gonna give those people somewhere to live. They are. Some of them are going to get organizations together and send, like, that family who said they were waiting to see their cousin or auntie come out of New York. And they're like, baby, we're going to help you to get there. Those white people are going to help them to get there. Ain't no broke people in Martha's Vineyard. But let me ask you this. Because you said something earlier. Okay, I got you on that. But you said you you would. But but here's the part I'm trying to figure out. You said you really don't don't care where they send them. I mean, they're coming in droves just to prove a point. I don't care if immigrants what? are here, but my God, it's got to come to a point where they, where they can stop just letting them come and say, oh, well, we'll work it out. <laughs> Texas is just Jay. They're seeking asylum, Vanessa. They want to Vanessa, come to the they are, legally. I understand, Vanessa. but they can't. But if I understand what y'all are okay. saying. I get it. I think do. you do, but go ahead. Okay. I do. But what okay. I am saying is people should be mad. But didn't I just say at the beginning, I did not care. And I don't care if they bring them or they don't bring them or whatever. What people need to be mad about is they're taking our tax dollars and they're shipping them all over the country with our money. That's what the people need to be mad about. Jay, Abbott is taking our money and hiring buses. They're going to take them up to Washington for show while, while our taxes are going up here on our houses and stuff. He's doing that for show. That's what I'm mad yeah. about. Yeah, I mean, we should be upset about that. But you said he, that they're coming here to prove a point. What point are they trying to exactly. prove besides this? Huh? They want a so better life. So many, let me go put them on your doorstep. Like they went and took some and put them on Kamala Harrison's doorstep. They went put time over there in her neighborhood. I mean, they're doing all of this for show, and it is ridiculous. But they're doing but it on you, our dime. Okay, so wait, wait, let me make sure I understand outlaid. what you're let, let, let me make outlaid. sure I... That man came all the way here. Did y'all see that when he signed a side contract with the bus driver and told the bus driver not to discuss anything about dropping them people off? Yeah, yeah, that's that's par for the course, Vanessa. But I want, but I want to make sure I understand what you were saying because, because when you said they are coming here for show, you meant that the politicians are sending them to other places for show. You don't mean that the migrants are coming to Texas for show. I mean, like Santos is coming here. Okay, I just want to make sure we clear that up. Santos came here. So Florida should be pissed off because he used their tax dollars to come to Texas, get some, take them to Florida, then take them to Martha's Vineyard. That's well, that's true, and, and they should be. Just like I'm mad that Abbott is taking our money and shipping them just everywhere, all willy-nilly. But the bigger issue here... The bigger issue here, Ching Ching, the bigger issue here is that Mr. Elias is right. These people are following the law. 
if you're going to be like Russia or any of these other countries, you know what? If you don't want people to come to your country, then change the law. They are abiding by United States law. We can't sit here and be the protector of the world, so to speak, or the beacon on the hill or that light on the hill if we allow atrocities that are going on and we don't allow people a safe way away. You know, look at it this way. If you lived in a neighborhood and you knew that kids were getting beat up and kids were being abused by their parents and they were being used as sex slaves, and if one of those kids escaped that house, no one in there, you're not going to sit here and tell me that you wouldn't open your door to provide shelter for that child until you get the authorities in. You're not going to do it. You're going to help that child. Well, imagine living in a freaking city where, you know, when your girl, your little baby is of age, you know, drug lords can take her and make her a sex slave. They can shoot your your sons. Living in a place like that, think about what they have to do to get here. I, I met a young lady who was an immigrant, and she told me her story. I was in tears. She's been in America now since uh, 1995. She has uh, made a good life for herself. It's she's been through it. She's been to hell and back. And the travel. What they had to endure to get to what? What do you suggest the government does when Mexico is the one that's doing all of it? Take everybody that comes over here that's getting away from it. I'm not saying not to. I'm just asking you a question. I I don't, Vanessa. I don't know. That's the problem. I can answer okay, well, still this because I don't know the I don't know the answer to it. But go ahead. What you do is you make these millionaires and billionaires get off their ass and pay their fair share taxes. That's Jeez. what we should do. That's but but how is that going to help the immigration crisis? How is that going to help the immigration crisis? Because if they're paying their fair share taxes, we always we complain about the dollars. We complain about, complain about dollars and cents. There it is. You create jobs with more with more funding. The question I asked. The question I yeah, asked, man, what are you talking about? What, yeah, what does that okay. have to do with what I asked? What I asked today was, what do we do about all the hysterics over there that's going through this? Take all of them in? The, we can't. The country can't afford to do it. Well, we can't well, afford exactly. to do it. Mr. Well, you can't. Because they don't pay their fair share in taxes. We can't afford to do it. But it's bigger than that. It's got to be no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's bigger than that. No, it's not. No, how is it bigger than that? How? Mr. Elias, you can't, listen, I'm with Vanessa on this. You cannot, you can't, Mr. Elias, it's like a house. A house can only hold, if you have a house that can only hold 20 people, you just can't keep stuffing people in that house. And the United States is big as hell. You mean to tell me something on this? But they're not just yeah, in the United States. Good morning, Jerome. Good morning, Jerome. Good morning, Jerome. Oh, I don't know who's here. Hey, what's going on, Jerome? How you doing? They're seeking asylum, Vanessa, in Texas, but they're going to be moved out of Texas. Quite sure they're not going to stay in Texas. The United States is hell. Okay. All right, fine. Let's hear what Jerome has to say. Good morning, Jerome. I'm sorry, man. I didn't see you on the board. Uh, welcome into the show. Uh, yes, sir. Let's get your comments because we have about uh, we have about ten well ten more minutes on this topic. Go ahead, sir. Okay, so, so this country again, you can fit all of Europe in probably in Texas, Arizona, and and probably New Mexico. All of Europe. You're telling me. 
that the migrants that come here are landlocked because we can't fit any more people. That is crazy. You know, we I'm not saying literally that. somewhere around 10% of the land in this country. That's okay, but I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Yes, I'm saying what, what he said to me something. doesn't make sense. The issue is, is that those immigrants that they put on a bus and they shipped up to Martha's Vineyard, those guys were legal migrants. So don't right. don't get it like, oh, people ran across the border. They put a bunch of illegal people in. We didn't them say up. that. They sent the asylum. Didn't yeah, I, I didn't hear the beginning, but they, they shipped the, the migrant folks up here. New York State has a ton of migrant workers anyway. We're a dairy state. I mean, so our agriculture, whether it's grapes, we know New York yogurt and all of that stuff. Like, we have migrant workers here. And so tech can't sit there crying like they're the only people who get people who are migrant. We get migrants all the time. We have a farm workers union stuff of migrants in New York State. New York State is huge. And so when you talk about that, and and that's a stereotype, there's poor people in Martha's Vineyard. Like, that's not like, oh, they're going to be taking care. They went to Martha's Vineyard. That's inhumane. So we're checking politics and money against our own humanity, which sucks. The country oh sucks when it comes to humanity. And so I agree. you can't do that to people. There's a I lot agree. of places that they can probably go in this country. But just to act as if one state is sharing the burden and other people are not, and since they're liberal, they get that is those whole arguments that I've seen, you know, on TV and people make about. Oh, let's just send them over there and let's mm. watch them. The Democrats complain and blah blah blah. Texas um, and um, especially agricultural states need migrant workers. I mean, we're going to do people out. So, of, take people out so of what we're going to do? Take in the whole damn Mexico? See, that's just we can. Is that what we're going to do? Is crazy. And don't say that my comment was inhumane because I have I been to. Mar- and it is very nice over there. And I yeah, would prefer to see nice them in Martha's Vineyard than to see them in the slums of Mexico. See, I've never been to the slums of Mexico, so but I can tell you that. No, but listen, but you're, you're making, like, really extreme arguments, Vanessa. Like, I'm no, saying you're making it seem like what I said was inhumane because that's what came out of your I mean, mouth. I, you I, said I, it was inhumane what I said. Nope. I'm saying, like, generally when I hear the argument, I wasn't speaking specifically to you, but it is inhumane as I see arguments, especially coming from Republicans, that they're shipping people off, lying to them against their will, telling them that they're going one place and sending them another. You cannot do that. So you still have to check laws against stuff like that. They did. They got to be in court tomorrow. A lot of them got to be in court. And they're not even in New York. No, well, that's why they did. They did, they did that so they can miss their court date. They shouldn't do that, but it's done, and I bet you ain't nothing going to happen to them. Nothing. No. We can't have the argument. Like, so, okay, so when somebody does something illegal or immoral, it's like talking about Trump. When people do illegal or immoral, you can say, oh, nothing's going to happen to them, so we need to let it go. O.J. did not kill that hooker, and I'm going to tell you like this, that everybody and their mothers are like, oh, he did it. They, people live in their emotions for the stuff that they want to. And the Republicans, and especially just um, that fake outrage of this person I got to hold an attitude for for the rest of their life, and this person we don't have to do nothing because nothing's going to happen, is not right. We have to stay focused. So 
So when it comes time to right and wrong or or ethics and morality, sometimes you got to hold the line. And so you just cannot just throw people away. Most migrant workers go back home. So they come here during the seasons when they're when they're harvesting and doing whatever, and they leave. And then they come back, and then they leave, and people are using them as political pawns. That's why when they ship them up here and they say, oh, they're legal, legal migrants, they take that money, and they're, like, taking care of their families. But they're working. Yeah. And so every time we get mad, especially, you know, that whole European perspective in this country about us against them, they're making us do that same thing against these same folks. And so we'll go back and say, oh, my, they're taking the money from the U.S. and, and shipping, it away, shipping, it across, shipping it someplace, but nobody is going to work in those fields. Nobody is doing that. Those are no. not, not desirable jobs. They're not getting minimum wage, right? That's true. But they will That's come true. here and work and make money and help their families and their countries. So when we start yeah. talking about stuff like people coming from um, Venezuela and Honduras and all those other places, Republicans love them because they're conservative. So, or, or Cuba, the white Cubans anyway, when they come in this country, mm-hmm. Republicans love them. But they treat them like dirt when they get here to prove to other people that they're hired on migrants and they're taking your jobs and we can't afford them and all of that other stuff. We do such yeah. a disservice when we have conversations about migrants that it is sickening because with black migrants, they just ship their butts off. Make them the boogeyman. Whoops, look what's going on in New York. It's violence. And then they scare everybody of that stuff. So we have to look at how we're being marketed to anytime it comes to migrants, anytime it comes yeah. to to any of this stuff. So yeah. shipping them to Martha's Vineyard is like us saying, well, how, why don't we ship them to, um, what is that place called in Florida, the retirement, the the lakes or whatever that's called? Well, why don't we the ship Florida them over Keys. there? Right, you got a, a bunch Mar-a-Lago. of people. Martha's Vineyard is because that's where Obama so, lives. Well, hell, send, I, okay. So, should we send them to Kenny Bunkport because the Kennedys are there? Like, what? What is? What are we talking about? Mar- the Kennedys, if you're just picking regular, regular people, just because they have money, why don't they send them to you know Florida where Trump lives? Why don't we say, like, that's well, not a time to Kamala Harris' house. That was something. I mean, that's what they were doing. Yeah, yeah but that, you, that's, that's not even smart. They're, they're, listen, listen to me. They're just being asses is what they're doing. Well, and we, we are talking about sure. this. We're talking about this like this stuff is reasonable. Because, hell, most people can't afford to live in Martha's Vineyard. So when you, when you yep. send them to a freaking island, right, you're sending them over there with no way to get back. So they're going to have to move them off of that island because what are you saying? Like, all right, just because you're poor, what you want them just to sleep on the street? Is that okay? Or does your humanity suck? Like, what are you going to do? So even though people want to provide services for them, New York City's not sending nobody away because that's, that's where Ellis Island is. Most of our migrants come in through New York City and through the airport. So we have a bunch of gateways, yeah. Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, of course they're going to have more violence. Of course there's going to be more crime. That is reasonable. In cities you're going to have, people are congested. So our arguments are, are immoral because it, there are things that come with having cities. 
So yeah. if you want to have migrants come into the country, the issue is, or, or understand, that they come anyway. Most migrants come in this country by being uh, from a expired visa. Okay, 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 okay. We're trying to get, okay, we got to wrap up. 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 We, we got to wrap up. All right, listen, we have to wrap up. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Great, great points on both sides. Love it, love it, love it. All right, listen, in this week's edition of Informant Minutes and Less, something that you need to know. The war in Ukraine has been going on now for over 200 days. A war, by the way, that Vladimir Putin said that would be over in three. So in this week's edition of Informant Minutes and Less, something that you need to know. We're going to take a look at some of the atrocities that the that the freaking Russians are doing against the Ukrainian people. The war crimes that are being committed is is atrocious. Russia is a terrorist state as far as I'm concerned, and Vladimir Putin should be brought up on war crimes. It's convenient time. In four minutes or less, something that you need to know. Uh, we'll be right back after this. <laughs> Ukraine's counteroffensive continues to move eastward, but as the country retakes thousands of square miles of territory, troops have made some grim discoveries on the outskirts of the recently liberated city of Izum. Investigators have found what Ukrainian officials call a mass grave. NPR's Kat Lonsdorf was there and joins us now. Kat, thanks for being with us. Hey there. Certainly we want to keep in mind there might be young and sensitive ears listening. Please tell us what you've seen. Yeah, it was a pretty surreal scene. We were out in the woods uh, next to a city cemetery. And this was in an area that had recently been controlled by Russians until, honestly, just a few days ago. So there was active demining going on by the Ukrainians. So there were these big booms punctuating the otherwise somber silence. And as my team and I walked through the trees, we came across rows and rows of handmade wooden crosses. And there were a bunch of workers wearing PPE, digging out each grave, one by one, exhuming each body, examining them, putting them into body bags. And I have to tell you, the smell was um, pretty overwhelming. Uh, There were a few dozen bodies dug up when I was there, uh, but investigators expect there may be as many as 500. Kat, what are Ukrainian investigators looking for? Well, they're trying to identify all the bodies, but they're also looking for cause of death. They're taking meticulous documentation, especially to find any possible evidence of war crimes. I I talked to the lead war crime prosecutor there, and he told me that they've already found evidence that could amount to that. And and I can tell you, Scott, um, that I personally saw at least one body with their hands tied behind their back, for example. Uh, This burial site was essentially a makeshift graveyard for civilians during occupation. So basically, whenever anyone in the city died, they would bury them here. And and I want to just be clear, investigators won't say yet who ran the site, but this wasn't a dumping ground for bodies. It, It was respectfully created. I talked with one older man who was there who said his wife was buried there. Um, He was with her when she died during an aerial assault, and and he said he had to pay the Russians a good amount of money to just allow him to bury her here. It seems like, though, people in the town were burying anyone who died here, any civilian, and and a lot of those people were either unknown or unrecognizable because of the way they died, so they were buried without being identified. What does the city of Izum look like today? 
Yeah, the city is just absolutely destroyed. Uh, the Russians took the city on March 1st, so that's less than a week after the invasion began. And then they made it the hub for their operations in the area. Residents didn't have much time at all to flee. So thousands of people were living there under occupation for the past months. Uh, they've mostly been without electricity during that time, generally without running water. And there were no communications, no cell phone. Internet was all jammed up. Um, there was one radio station, but it was Russian propaganda. I talked to one woman, 36-year-old Oksana Kuchura. She was waiting in line for humanitarian aid in the city center, and she was with her two small daughters, aged 8 and 13. And she told me they'd waited out the whole war living like this, but it had taken a toll on her kids, of course. She told me the youngest one, the eight-year-old, was pretty much crying all the time, begging them to leave, but of course they couldn't, and they rarely even left the house. So, well, everyone I talked to seemed very relieved that the town was back in Ukrainian hands. I, I should say they've been told that they shouldn't expect to have heat working by the winter. So the hard times are not over yet for the people there, I'm afraid. And here's Kat Lonsdorf. Thank you so much. Thanks, Scott. Online radio at its best. Welcome back at 347-850-1272. You're listening to The Serious Side. It is the Sunday morning roundtable where our panelists bring their topics to the table. And next up is Miss Vanessa. Vanessa, what would you like to talk about for the next segment? Uh, well, I'm pretty upset by Ukraine and the little boy who they pulled out the car and then blew the car up with his parents, but yep. I guess, you know, I'm so over, let me say this, I'll be 60 in a couple of months, if the good Lord bless, and I've oh. been in Texas in my life, but I have seen a lot, and I've traveled a lot of places. And I'm not saying that nobody at the sound of my voice has not been to all the places I've been. But the people that are over there at Martha's Vineyard are going to end up back on that island that me and Bobby stayed at. That was one street over from the Kennedy. We could walk out to the parking lot of our timeshare and look right into the back of the Kennedy compound. I would rather have the people they're trying to make it to New York or wherever they're trying to go than to have them here in Texas where these crazy Republicans are going to mistreat them. But their life is not as bad as people think it is once they find family. Because the man at the end of my show has two families that live in his house. They have a two-story house at the end of my street I know some of them have to be immigrants because if you knock on that door and they don't know you, they're not going to answer that door. They didn't even recognize me one time and didn't answer it. They have a painting and a pressure washing business. They speak very little English, but their life is decent. So I'm not saying they should not be in Texas. I am saying that it is wrong to ship them somewhere. But they could have shipped them somewhere a lot worse than Martha's Vineyard. Because the first thing I heard was, hell, give me a free trip to Martha's Vineyard. So I wasn't, 
trying to come across as inhumane? Because Martha's Vineyard is gorgeous. And it's not where the Kennedys live. Because I stayed one street over from the Kennedys. And that's probably where a lot of them are going to end up. Right there in the little town. I have to ask Bobby what it's called and we stayed at. And so my deal is that's all I got to say about that. I'm going to skip over to a quick topic, and mine ain't going to last long because nobody's interested in this but me. The queen passing away. May she rest in peace. Bobby and I just so happened to have been there. I posted it on my Facebook page for her jubilee for our 30-year anniversary 10 years ago, and 10 years ago now, my wedding anniversary, they're burying her. That kind of touched me a little bit. I had to go back into my, my London stuff when I was over in Europe for 12 days and pull something out just to say rest in peace to the queen. What I bring this topic up about is because I don't like the way they're doing Harry. I, I, the daddy tried to let Harry put on his military uniform to stand guard over the queen because the queen took his right to wear that uniform after he did a decade in the military. I don't care if he separated himself away from being king or queen because he ain't going to never be there anyway. Those little children going to be a king and a queen before he will. But that boy still did a decade in the military. And I think Jay will agree with me when I say the military is military. He could have got shot just like the rest of them. She took those stripes from him. The daddy gave them back for the funeral, and the people over there said, no, he don't deserve to wear them. I'm looking at these people like, really? Not even to his grandmother's funeral? Then Megan, who dresses sharply, girlfriend, you really do, but somebody must didn't tell you that you were going to be standing there for three hours in them five-inch heels that you had on, and your feet kept cricking because you got tired of standing in them heels, and I was over here dying laughing looking at it. See, I followed the royals. I love them. I'm even thinking of extending one more day in London when we go next year because I just want to see it being different now that the queen is not there, and I want to pick up some money that's got the son Charles's name face on it, because I got money with her face on it. So I'm just saying, there. I don't understand how the royals over there, those people don't even make the rules. The parliament makes the rules and stuff over there. And then the queen calls the new lady, the new queen, a hoe before she died, because she named her queen. Con- Concordance, however you say it, which means the other woman. Did y'all know that? Consort. Queen Consort. Did y'all know that she did that? Hello? Is anybody no, there? I did. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I didn't. I did not know. Well, I did. Yeah. She gave them, she, she gives the names out to people. And because she was sleeping with y'all, that's why that lady lived be so long. She did not want to turn those reins over to them. She did not want the other woman to be the queen. But unfortunately, she is. But she named her queen consort, which is the other woman. And she, that's the name that that lady got to live with. And everybody knows why the queen did it. 
So I just think that they got as much drama over there as we have over here. It's just a different kind of drama. I follow yeah. the drama. Okay. So that's all I had to say about that. That's all I had to say about that. And rest in peace. So Jerome can take right. it. Well, well, no, let's, let's open up for discussion. Uh, the Queen's death, obviously, is uh, basically it was all the news. Uh, you know, it really dominated the headlines for the past week. Her funeral, official funerals tomorrow. President Biden is already in London to uh, attend the uh, funeral of the Queen. And, you know, the monarch, there are people in London. You know, I, I used to travel there for business a lot. There are people in London who think that uh, it's time for the monarchs to be, for that to be over. It's like, like Vanessa said, they, they don't have any power. The prime minister is the one that has power. But the bigger thing here, I think, and this is something that I want to, you know, talk about when it comes to the queen, uh, you know, let's talk about how the British monarchy and, and the British empire, how, you know, black folks were treated uh, during their reign. And the fact that now some of these countries are saying, look, we don't want to be associated with the monarchy anymore. Because you think about back in the day how the monarchy made money and got rich off the backs of black people. As a matter of fact, when uh, Prince Charles, not Prince Charles, but William, when him and his wife, I think they had gone to Jamaica, and, and you know, Jerome, correct me if I'm wrong on this, um, they were, there were protests because people were like, look, we don't want you here. You know, you're dressed in the same lily white outfit you were uh, when uh, the queen came through with her husband. Y'all used the same exact vehicle to drive through the streets. And they were talking to the prime minister over there uh, in Jamaica, and they asked him a point blank question. He says, do you, uh, you know, do you feel safe that the queen is dead? He says, no. He says, look, uh, it's a shame that she passed away, but at the end of the day, I'm not mourning her death. Look at what they've done to our people for all these years. It's time for us to move on. And so I have mixed emotions about it because an injustice to people to look like me, I don't care whether they're American, South America, South African, I don't care. Injustice is an injustice. People over, you know, London blacks get called the N-word just like we do. So when you think about that history, when you think about, you know, once again, you know, you heard the, you heard the expression 40 acres and a mule. You know, we talk about it on the show a lot. You know, who built the White House? Slaves. You know, who helped create the wealth for some of these richest uh, white uh, families in this, in this world, in, in, this, in the United States of America? Slaves, black folks. And yet we don't reap anything. We talked about yeah. that story about that, that, that the black family finally got a beach back that the, that, the, that the state of California had taken from them for years. And Governor Newsom made that right and gave it back to that family. So I know I'm kind of all over the place. But when you think about, you know, how the British monarchy, how they made that, how they got rich off the backs of poor black people and slaves, you know, I have to look at this funeral through rose-colored glasses. It's it's great and all, but, you know, my people are mistreated. I have a problem with that. What do you have? He had part of the Caribbean island, Jay. And she did not insure them. She had huh? a portion to do with the Caribbean. Hold on. She had a portion to do with the Caribbean island, and they were not insured. They, she didn't give them any insurance, no benefits, no nothing. I said, this lady right here, if I think that she is just an angel, but she's not. But I even didn't even know that she went up a tree, a princess, and came.
came down a queen because her daddy was killed when he died. So I've been watching yeah. the whole story of this. And even yeah. Australia, I stop it. Australia doesn't want anything to do with them. The Bible says, but that's what Australia ain't got nothing to do with the queen. I said, oh, but he's got, they got something to do with the Yes, they do. Yes, well, they, they do. They do. They, Charles is yeah, some kind do. of parliament person. Charles got something well, to well, do with being over Australia. Charles. Well, yeah, I mean that, that's that's a part of yeah, that's wealth. yeah, that's a part of that whole thing. That's that's why people are saying, look, at the end of the day, we we don't want to be associated with it anymore because right. you know they they, they, they have made yeah they have made millions off the back of, backs of poor black people, yep. and, and it's time you know so even though it's a shame that she died, but we don't mourn her death, and people were kind of looking like, what? Think about it. You know, yeah. when, when, when your people have been, you know, when we talk about suppression and things of that nature, how can you feel any ounce of remorse for people who are responsible for your for your folks, your family, your ancestors not getting the things that they deserve? I'm supposed, I'm supposed to mourn your death? No, I'm not. They got rich off of money, and then she wheeled out millions to each one of them for something. I'm like, they didn't work. Where did they even get this money from to be sitting up there wheeling out millions and billions of dollars? But the only thing I haven't done to look up yet is who gets the dog? That's what I want to know. Those little dogs that she loves and the little dogs too. I want to know how much money she willed for somebody to take care of those dogs. All right, so our two colleagues are here. I haven't heard a pinch or inkling from these guys, so I want to hear from my from my two brothers, uh, Jerome. Man, any any comments on this particular topic? Yeah, you might want to go to LES because I have um, first because I have nothing nice to say. So why you guys well, are being well, you cordial about this? I figure I go. Well, laugh. I'm not being cordial about anything. I mean, I don't want to see anybody die. Yeah, I mean, look, it's sad that she's gone. No, she's. Well, no, it's not true, Coach Jerome. I, Jerome, I don't – listen, man. I, I, I'll no, no, say no, this. No, I just and, think compared to what I'm going to do. I said it's oh, good. Oh, okay. Well, there way, you go. Man. I'm not saying you're going to Well, I relate but, my time yeah, yeah, yeah. to Jerome, man, because I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, well be, you know, listen, it, it, it's a shame. Listen, uh, apparently she does some wonderful things, and, and that's fine. But at the compared end of what? the day – I stand on the I stand on the shoulders of people who look like me, and I don't care whether they're from this country or whether they're from anywhere or parts of this world. When you treat my people bad, then guess what? You're not going to get any empathy or sympathy from me. That's just the way that works. Period. Okay, so, I'm done. So let's let's start off about how they're treating Harry. Like let's start off from their grandson. I mean, from her grandson, right? So. Whatever, you know, William and his wife can be as racist and crazy. They're, uh, apparently, Kate probably had some mean girl stuff with, with Megan, right? She can, she, <laughs> yeah. Nobody should be able to take that. But if they don't know the right. Queens, when it comes to her great-great-grandfather, I think he, they have black people in their family, right? Racist people have a tendency of thinking, oh, you know, we don't have any black people blood in us. And then... If you don't know anything about history, knowing that Charlotte, Queen Charlotte, which, which we named Charlotte, you know, South Carolina after her, she was biracial too, right? She was black. Now, the issue with them is that it's an image that everybody wants to project of, oh, it's the queen and blah, blah, blah. But 
a lot of people were cheering. It was like the wicked witch's head because she's symbolic. She's been there 70 years, did nothing that uh, to undo um, some of the people who they were literally holding captive. Because even if you look at places like Jamaica and, and – um, Especially Argentina, it wasn't, where was the Falkland? The Falkland Islands thing that happened, Argentina, they can't stand her for that. They sent military in, but they don't really do things in England without the blessing of the queen either, right? So she can actually kind of intervene or at least smooth stuff out. So it has not gotten any better with Charles, even though he's kind of, you know, accepted how Jamaica treated him and they want nothing to do with them. He kind of accepted that. But there's no better hope with him because in the words of James, uh, of, of coming to America, where James Earl Jones said, what do you expect me to do? And his wife said, you're the king, right? Who am I to change tradition? You're the king. <laughs> uh, that's right. Aren't you the king, Elizabeth aren't you? Elizabeth changed a lot of stuff. And Prince Charles could have. He could have immediately reinstated his son, Harry, if it don't give a damn what Queen Elizabeth wanted right now, he's now the king. He did. He did reinstate him, though, Jerome. He did reinstate yeah. him, but they say that the people in London it does not matter. Like he's the king. Coming to America, he's the king, right? And he didn't fully reinstate him. He let him use his military uniforms, but the in, it's insignia on there that has the queen's whatever on there. They didn't. They made sure that he couldn't. It didn't have it on there, right? So he didn't have the um, official whatever that stitching was on there that signified that he had a military position. That was my child. I'd be like, "F all y'all. I'm the king. His ass is back, and she's back. That's his wife. And if you don't like it, right? What are you gonna do? I'm the king. So he won't stand up and have a backbone." Because once, uh, I guess the funeral, was the funeral yesterday? Once she's, once she's, he's already king. Once you honor her wishes and she's buried or whatever they're going to do, then he gets to have his own reign. He gets to set course any way that he wants to. So this is symbolic. Um, I think yeah. Well, they they got a lot of cleaning up to do. Because... Because whether it was apartheid in South Africa where Queen Elizabeth wasn't even on Margaret Thatcher, Margaret Thatcher's ass didn't care. The only reason that England got away or, or reli- with, with, I can't even think of what it's called, but the only way that she stopped backing F.W. Clerkin, and I forgot the other guy who was after that, is because the United States pulled their funding. So during that time, it was Maxine Waters in particular um, who co-authored the legislation to have people divest in divest in um, in South Africa. But England was all still full in. You know, France is still co- collecting billions of dollars from Haiti. We keep talking about, oh, Haiti's poor and ain't got nothing. It's because the colonizers are still draining them folks for money. Why would they owe them that kind of money? England is doing that to other countries as well. So, you know, doggone his, her grandson, um, whatever, William, just inherited like a billion dollars in real estate from her, like $1.2 billion. And then she owns a billion dollars in real estate in New York City alone. 
that that wealth that wasn't deserved, you know, as as a colonizer, they still have their wealth, and I'm I don't care about any of that stuff generally, but I am just saying their influence on everybody else is problematic. So, yeah, I think it was in um, in in Ireland they had a soccer game or something, and they they was holding up signs, clap if you're glad the queen is dead, and they were just cheering. And it's it's like a the Wizard of Oz. Because that symbol, that sim- symbolism for England needs to go, right? I'm a traditional person as, as anybody else. I don't really like disturbing history too much, but hey, you don't. If you're oppressed through whatever that royalty, whatever it's called, that royal lineage stuff, you can get rid of that. Because again, that has not even been good for the planet. They're colonizers. They are fighting wars based upon somebody's family lineage right the king of germany was cousin with with the queen of with the king or something uh, or with with england they were all like relatives we had a war world war and those families were running these different countries like that in the monarchy there's something to be said about them not giving a rat about nobody else and and also before i when i'm talking about wealth um, Martha's Vineyard, Hilton Head, all of those areas had nothing but black people there. And white folks went in and took it. Took it. This is what wealth does for you. Those areas were all black folks. So when you go even looking at, at history of those places, you'll see how that has worked against us when you talk about that whole, um, what is it called? Um, ah, I forgot what the... What the um, law was. You do but, realize that they got big black neighborhoods like that in Texas, in Houston, Jerome. Like Third Ward was black people. Now the white yeah. people are tearing down the houses, putting up two and three story houses. I mean, that's everywhere. Yeah. That's yeah. everywhere. My daughter yeah, talks Central, about it all the time. So, Central I mean, Park. That's, that's it, everywhere. another one. It was the Seneca Village. They 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 um, actually destroyed two black communities to build Central Park, right? And um, Pinkster's Hill, which is in Albany, which is where our capital is, is where we used to have something called the Pinkster Fest. When the Dutch were here, black people who were slaves, they let them off for two weeks in New York City. I mean, let them go. They had like a uh, Mardi Gras kind of thing. They got married and all this stuff. And then they went back. And when the English came here, they they outlawed it. Right? So I, I can tell you, I, I mean, I can name places, Opelousas and and um, which is in Louisiana, and what happened in Beaumont, and what happened in Galveston. I can name all of those things that we in history refer to as riots, where it was just white folks going in just to torment and assassinate black people. They act like that was an even fight, right? People are defending themselves, and white folks are going in just bullying them. So this is not um, the the symbolism of the queen represents um, colonialism, and colonizing and so that symbol to us is making some of us happy around the world there's nothing in us that should be like oh my gosh we worship the queen so this is not a sad day at all now the only thing you can hope for is is charles would be somewhat different but he's he's probably not you know just because the way he's not reconciling his own family you know and it's 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 sad um, 
for, I mean, I don't feel sorry for, for any of them, but I'm just saying, like, even in the Harry Meghan thing, that people are maintaining the same attitudes that they always have, and they're not growing. And so when I look at this stuff, it doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, I was going to talk about this later, but it doesn't, I mean, it's, it's, I just didn't even go through the facts of all the stuff that they did, but it, it is crazy to me. And so even for us covering it like that, we're kind of, as as a country, we're covering it like we, it means something to us. It shouldn't mean Jack Because some us. people are interested in it, Jerome. Some yeah, people you are interested, interested in it like I'm interested, I'm interested in a football game. In it. Does it have any effect on me? No, but I'm interested in it because history is history, regardless if it's black history, white history. History is history, and knowledge is everything. So just because it's not history of black people, you may not want to know it. Well, no, no, I didn't say nobody had a right to watch it or or, or look at it. I'm not saying that. No, you're talking about you brought up stop. I wasn't going to talk about it. It wasn't even, I didn't even think about it. But, yeah, folks are yeah. talking about it, and it's it's in the news. So we talk, we're talking yeah. about something that's in the news. There you go. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We'll step take out. We'll we'll step out and take a break. Slow down, Jay. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. You're listening to the serious stuff. Oh, those boys are much too much. Those boys are much too much. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We're going to beat them and bust them. Beat them. The smallest beat moments beat can have the biggest beat impact beat on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. All those boys are much too much. Those boys are much too much. Do you at night? 
347-850-1272 is the call the number. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ross Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. Best. Of course, I'm J. Ross. Let's take this opportunity to say good morning to the peeps. What's going on, Vanessa? Good morning to you. Good morning. Man, boy, somebody falling down. What the hell's going on with the sound? My main man, Mr. Jerome, is freezing in the house as well. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Hey, man, just another day in paradise. No palm trees. The man who gets the first and last word here, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Good morning to you. And good morning, Nessa. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Real Delia. Good morning, Momo B. Good morning, Rich Sister. And good morning, Marietta Music. And good morning, my brother Hawk. And good morning, my brother Jerome. I still ask, can we say hello to some people in the chat room? <laughs> you don't mind. <laughs> By all means, we had Covina Man in there, and we got Spiritual Radio that was in there, but they left. Uh, okay. want well, to say what's up to the pastor. He's in the house as well. Uh, Regina, Reginald, and Raymond, the three the three R's. In their house, good morning. Uh, I want to say what's up to, uh, let me stroll down here, Nancy, uh, Bridget, Tanisha, Gerald, uh, Brackets. I think I said that correctly. Anyway, a lot of people listening. Uh, we love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is the Sunday morning roundtable. And you know what we do? We go around the table and we ask our peeps to bring topics to the table so far, so good. Jerome, man, uh, what you got going on this morning, man? What's uh, what's on your mind? What's on the mind of the distinguished gentleman this morning? <laughs> um, you know, I, okay, so I don't have anything in particular, because I was just going to pass to Elias like I normally do, but I do want to mention the, the sports story, because I, I didn't read much of it, so I'm hoping one of you guys did, that um, where LeBron James spoke about the owner who was, was he was suspended for a year, Phoenix Suns owner. Mm-hmm. Are you okay. familiar with that story? No, I'm not. Um, wow. He used the yeah, N-word and, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and some other things, and he had some sexual, um, um, not misconduct stuff, but he was kind of a, what do you want to call it, um, it was harsh on women in the workplace and use inappropriate language and all of that stuff. So he got suspended for a year. Um, that he could, wow. He's the owner of the Phoenix Suns, but he got suspended for a year. And I couldn't tell if they were saying that it was not harsh enough or it was too harsh. So I'll have to look up the story, but I was wondering if one of you guys saw that story. And so what did LeBron James say? What did LeBron say? Um, LeBron said that it was unfair. It, essentially, it was he was unfair? saying that, that the punishment was unfair. But I'm not sure if it was unfair because it was not harsh enough or that it was too harsh. I didn't know what it what it was. Interesting. So I was hoping one of you guys may have seen that story and was able uh, to from what, shed some light on it. From, from what Adam Silver, Silverman said is that he thought they got it right. So I'm assuming that they said that it was unfair to treat me the guy because it wasn't harsh enough. Because the okay. other guy from the Clippers guy that the he Clippers. got kicked out. Yeah, the Clippers. He got the owner from the Clippers. He got he got to sell his team. 
So I, I'm thinking that's what they're trying to say this guy had to do because he's along the same baseline. But he, he you know, he went up to ask one of the uh, trainers, and the trainer was, you know, doing a physical on him. And he just he just dropped his drawers right there in front of him, man. And it, he did a lot of he did a lot of lot of stuff oh, wow. that was just unruly, man. That in today's society he just can't do. And he, he was, you know, tired of this saying the N word, you know, and all this other stuff. So, yeah, he, uh, he, yeah, I, I'm thinking that's what because they, like, that the way they were Adam saying it wasn't enough. It, yeah, they were saying it was, it, the way he tied. He said, I think we did it fair justice because he got a year suspension. And I think that, you know, the, the other players were like, yeah, I think he should have had to sell his team. You know, that's what I was, okay. that's what I'm thinking. Now, you know. now here's, okay, so, okay, so I have a, a new perspective of it because I'm just seeing um, another story about it. But uh-huh. um, pay, PayPal's owner, who, you know, it's considered mm-hmm. He's a, a Trump, Trump that guy's guy. a Trump dude, right? Yeah, he sure is. That's Trump. why I don't mm-hmm. use him anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so here's giving me some insight. He said that he will not renew his deal if um, mm-hmm. Robert Starver returns after a one-year ban and a $10 million fine. Sexism mm-hmm. and bullying allegations is what it what is saying. But he must have did, he, you have conservative, like when other rich people saying that they dissed himself, he probably did uh, cross the line because they said that he should resign after the NBA investigated and found that he used racist, misogynistic, and lewd language in the workplace and bullied employees. Um, both team vice chairmen and um, the um, PayPal said in their respective statements that he should be gone. So I didn't really know if when LeBron isn't that, made isn't it, that a bit hypocritical? Isn't yeah. that a bit hypocritical? Yeah. Well, 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 why? Why is it hypocritical? Because okay, you know what? I, I'm glad you said that because that's something that that uh, we talk. Okay, I'm glad you. I was thinking the exact same thing, but then I said to myself, Are we really? Everyone that supported Trump are not racist, right? I mean, we just talked about Vanessa's friend, how nice but, she was. Okay, about- you you gave her you gave her all types of compliments, but now because they support Trump, they're racist. Well, no. What I'm about, just what asking. About, what about him grabbing a woman by the coochie? What well, about, well, listen, dude. Well, I mean, dude, 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 dude. <laughs> that just makes them a pervert. Dude, 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 listen. I'm asking a question. I feel the same way you do, but I'm ask, I'm just asking a question. Yeah, let me let me answer this, Elias. I, I was um I, I was um speaking to someone and you know where the Clintons have their little summer home when they moved to to New York State. Talking about Martha's Vineyard is a area uh-huh. in this. I'm not going to even name the area. So I was there about a month or so ago. And um, this older white male came up to me, and he started asking me questions. I forgot what we were talking about. And he asked me about politics, and he said, what do you do when you agree with somebody's policies, but they're an ass? First, it was, anybody can lower your taxes. You like an ass because you're an ass. And he smiled at me. He goes, I'm glad there's still smart people in the world. You're an ass. So if you like a racist... You don't give a damn yeah, what the policies are because other people have wow. policies that are not racist. But if you like that racist guy and his policies, it's because you are racist. So everybody needs to get up off that and go, I don't mean I'm not racist because I support Trump. I like his policies. There's other people who have same Trump policies who are not racist. 
You like his ass because you are racist. So just own it. But wait a minute. You just said they like his policies. Not I him. had black people no, no, no. who they, They're using that Trump. as an excuse that they like his policies. And I'm saying oh, okay. there's a lot of people who have the same policies. You like him because he's an ass, right? If you said that they like him like personally. Him. Okay, got it. I'm right. With you. Okay. Right. You can both I agree with that. But, some, but Jerome, some of the young black ones that did vote for him, and it was quite a few, that did vote for him said that they liked some of his policies. And yeah, they're, and they're stupid. And they're stupid. Okay, Stupid. I'm just telling you, people got a right to their own opinion, but I'm sure now right they stupid. Yeah. regret. Because, but now because they if, regret. Yeah, but the problem okay. is, is that we won't call this stuff what it is. And we keep masking people's behavior under really nonsense. You know, oh, it's his policies. Is that, hell, Mitt Romney and, um, not Mitt Romney, but what's my man, Mitch McConnell and other asses are out there doing the same thing. But I don't see you stomping for them. You're going for Trump because of the shock value of him being a reality star and being an ass. It doesn't make them an ass, Jerome, if they're young and they don't know. There's a lot of people that did not go and vote because they didn't oh, like Hillary. And that's what the but, Trump in office. That doesn't make them an ass, Jerome. No, no. I'm saying if you like him because he – okay, so if you like somebody because they're an ass, you are an ass. Do you understand? Like, I'm not saying your policy – if you say I like somebody because of their policies, that's one thing. If you like the way they are implementing their policies because he's an ass, you are an ass because you are supporting an ass, right? You can't tell me that you don't invest in something that actually speaks to you. It is not his policies. People could, people cut your taxes. I don't see you run around loving George W. Bush. He cut a trillion dollars. He was just not smart, but he did that. But you don't see them raving no George W. Bush flags. They like how he is. They like who he is. There is something that's speaking to him. And even black people who do that must have some affinity to white folks who are colonizers, people who talk bad to the rest of everybody else who you think you're not. Oh, I'm not that. They're talking to them Negroes. There is something brainwashed in you that makes you believe that that's okay. Like nobody sees me as being black because I have money. Yeah, that, hey. You mean naive all you want to, but the truth is is that if you see black people a certain way, you see all black people a certain way. You may not act like that because it's better to hang out with the cool popular kids than it is to hang out with the other races. So Trump is stoking racism in people, and that's a direct backlash to um, Obama. So we can, all, we can tie all of that together. If you want me to get some information from social scientists for that, I can, but I am just telling you, that it is not his policies that they're touting because he didn't pass anything substantial. Biden has been the, has post, passed more legislation than right. most presidents have done in eight years. He did it in 18 months. So you can say, I like somebody's policies or not. Um, Trump did not pass policies. He just did mean-spirited shit like the Muslim ban and Oh, my God. Ooh, that's a big one right there. Boy, y'all been cussing y'all tail off this morning. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like, he, that's what he did. The Muslim <laughs> ban, saying something about immigrants, and they from a-hole country. Like, that's what he did. So people like yeah. that more than they like his policies. They like him for being an ass. That's what it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so so uh, kind of going back to the story, though, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't hear anything on that, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, the bottom well, I'm, line I'm is. I, no, no, no. I mean, no. no really okay. Quick. I mean, it's just. Okay. So, yes, sir. Go ahead. LeBron, LeBron released a statement. Chris Paul later released a statement on social media saying that the NBA sanctions didn't go far enough. And um, they said that similar conduct by a CEO, executive director, president, teacher, coach, or any other position of mm. leadership would have warranted immediate termination. And um, the fact that. He owns the team, doesn't give him license to treat others differently than other leaders, and the fact that anyone could find him fit to lead um, because of his ownership position is forgetting that NBA teams belong to the community that they serve. And that is, um, yeah, so the the issue is, is that we, um, again, I didn't realize if he was, did he, were they saying that it wasn't enough, but this is, um, he said that the N word at least five times, and all this other stuff that they oh, have wow. him dead to write on, and they're suspending him for a year and fining him ten million dollars. So uh, mm-hmm. LeBron' response was just read through his, the story. He said he read through the the story a few times, and he got to be honest. Our league has definitely got this wrong, and I don't need to explain why. Um, y'all read the stories and decide read the story and decide for yourself. And I said it before that I'm going to say it again. There's no place in this league for that kind of behavior. I love this league, and I deeply respect our our leadership, but this isn't right. Um, there's no place for misogyny, sexism, and racism in the workplace. It don't matter if you own a team or play for a team. We hold our league up as an example of its values, and this ain't it. Now, I want to say wow. this really quickly about LeBron. There is no superstar in the history of sports who says whatever the heck he want to say. So once uh, LeBron, Muhammad Ali. No, no, no. I'm, I mean, I'm sorry. In the you history mean current of day? No, no. Current because day. Okay. boxing is an individual sport, and you do book with your um, with the promoter. It's a brutal sport. It's a little bit different. When you work for somebody, they will fire your butt. Team sports are very hard. And Colin Kaepernick will always be the poster child for Jerome, that. Jim Brown, uh, you know, remember that picture, that famous picture of all those black athletes in the sixties? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Jim it was, Brown. Yeah, Jim, Jim Brown, Brown lost and that Tr- his time. He, yeah. he left in football in his prime. He left. Yes, isn't that something? Yep. And what's my man? My man, um, formerly known as Chris Jackson, <laughs> right? Like, yes, um, <laughs> my boy. Yeah. I cannot remember. There's a lot of stories mm-hmm. of black people walking away in the middle of their in their prime. I have a uh-huh. a friend of mine and and he coaches um he coaches pro. And he and I are really close. Okay. I remember when that dude was in high school, they were undefeated. He was they were going to the state sectionals. I mean literally undefeated. And his, right. the coach called one other black person on the team the N-word. And he was like, there was only four, three or four of them on the team. And he was their best player. Oh, wow. Starting forward or center. And he walked off the team. And they tried to hold his scholarships from him. Like, they just, oh, wow. he walked away. He took a stand That's for somebody. I had another friend who played Division One football. And the coach unfairly got on this other black kid. And he walked away. 
until the day he said, I don't even remember the kid's name that I walked away from this Division One scholarship for. I don't even remember. Wow. Him. There are very you know black folks all the time. And I have two You know what? You're right. And I agree with you on that. The one thing I will say about LeBron, look, I'm not, listen, I love some LeBron. He has stepped up to the plate, even though he's the, you know, the, the fourth best NBA player of all time. Uh, when it comes to what he does off the court, he is numer- He is the GOAT, and I'll give him that. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We're going to step out take a quick break. We'll be right back, and I have a topic I want to bounce around. We'll talk about it next. Don't go anywhere. Today, nearly one in five Americans are living with a mental health condition, from our children and grandparents to our veterans, coworkers, and neighbors. For all of us, our mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. But unfortunately, most of us don't know how to recognize the signs that someone is in emotional distress, and so many of those who are having difficulty can't get the help they need. Together, we can change this. We can start by visiting changedirection.org and learning the five signs that may mean someone is struggling and needs help. And then it's up to us to show compassion, to reach out, connect, help folks find the hope and the support they need. Together, we can change the story about mental health in America. Together, we can change direction.
Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show. MSNBC is set to premiere its first docu series tonight. Uh, a project that connects a fatal police shooting 32 years ago to the current era of the Black Lives Matter movement. The four-part docuseries entitled Model America, produced by Anchor Entertainment, Psycho Films, and NBC News Studios, will stream on Peacock and be presented under the MSNBC Films banner. The docuseries tells the story of Philip Pinal, a 16-year-old black youth in Tenek, New Jersey, uh, who was fatally shot in the back by a white police officer by the name of Gary Spath. Now, Spath's subsequent criminal trial sparked heated protests from the uh, from the community of African Americans uh, in Tenex, and it drew national attention uh, to a town that represented itself as the model of interracial harmony. Um, 2015 is when they started tracking you know, how many uh, African-American men or African-Americans that were being shot by police. And back in 2015, I think it was the number was about 1,000. Well, if you fast forward to today, we're already at 700 and something, and we still have three months to go in this year. And I want to talk about this in the last few minutes we have left in the show because I think it's important for us to shine a light on things that are still going on in this country when it comes to the shooting of unarmed African-American men. Now, this young boy was 16 years old. Uh, The police officer said he feared for his life, but the forensics uh, examination showed that not only did he get shot in the back, but the fact that it showed that the boy's hands was up. So he was surrendering himself when he was shot in the back. And keep in mind, we didn't have, you know, there were cell phones, but they weren't like they are now. You know, back in the day, cell phones were in your car, you had a shoulder bag, but you didn't have, you know, the the, the immediate access to a video camera like you have with your cell phones. And even though there were video cameras, we can talk about what happened with Rodney King, but back in the day, a lot of people didn't have them because they were very expensive. So who knows what would have happened if someone would have recorded this uh, interaction between this young man and this police officer. Um, you know, Mr. Elias, we haven't heard from you in a minute. It, it's it's distressing. It's um, it, it's really sobering when you sit and and it's a somber moment, I should say, when you think about the fact that our people continue to get shot by police. And we had everything from you know what happened, Mr. Brown, to you know, just recently, uh, the officers that were acquitted for shooting a young man uh, in the Wendy's parking lot. It just seems to me that they can shoot and kill us and get away with it for the most part. There have been convictions. But listen, man, those are few and far between. Uh, what say you? Well, I, I, I was watching some of the docuseries at, at, at the previews of it. And yeah. look, man, they they the only that they were talking about, um, he had his hands up in the air, and then they still shot him in the back, man. Yeah. What what is what is I mean, how 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 threatened did you feel at that point in time? And this happened thirty two years ago. How threatened yeah. were you 
when this man has got his back to you with his hands up in the air and you still shoot him in the back and there's no charges, no nothing that happened to the police officer and it's still happening to this day. And then, you well, know, he was criminally charged. How... He was criminally okay. charged, but, but, you know, okay. but you know the result. Yeah. You know the result. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, this, this is crazy. And, you know, I mean, you look at the Laquan McDonald case. Chicago, in case people don't know, Laquan McDonald is the, the kid that was, was walking away from the officer, and he shot at him 16 times in Chicago. This guy served two and a half years. He's out of jail right now after killing this kid. Shot him 16 times, said he felt threatened from his life. And this kid wasn't nowhere near him. He's walking away from him. And he said he had a weapon, and so I shot him. And everybody, and they, they, they hid the tape. And then you know, what Chicago did was they paid the mother $5 million to shut her up so they, so they wouldn't say nothing. This is what they do, man. When you know you're wrong, you're wrong. I think about the guy that had, I, I can't remember his name, in New York. They shot him 40 times, had no gun. He was at his bachelor party. Killed him. Hell yeah. I mean, this is happening over and over. This is like a, a, a bad movie that just keeps happening over and over again, and they're not doing any damn thing about it. Then they're talking about, well, black people are violent. Who's the violent people? White folks have been violent our whole lives. Interesting. You know, Vanessa, as a parent, you know, to have to relive this, you know, I was watching uh, the young man's mother on TV today. And this happened 32 years ago. And she was still in tears. That's a pain that just don't go away, huh? They, my mom said that burying your child is the worst pain that you can endure. I agree. I just have to go with that, um, that it has to be yeah. awful, especially when your child dies in that capacity, in that way. So, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's getting a little better, but not much. Not much. But I do, not I much. do know, but it's like what Obama said. It's, there's going to be a change, y'all. It's, it's going to take a few minutes, but this new generation, they wear those T-shirts that say, I am not my uh, ancestors. <laughs> Those children mean that. Y'all haven't seen anybody wear that T-shirt to say, I am not my ancestor. In other words, I'm going to shoot you. I mean, you know. So yeah. I, I think it's going to be a change. I just don't know if I'm going to be here to see it. But there is going to be some change, though. Yeah. yeah. You know, Mr. Elias, Jerome, Jerome uh, and uh, Jerome, Mr. Elias brought up the fact that uh, you know, the young man, I think his name was Bill Wright, who was at his bachelor's party and the police shot him 40 times. And uh, I don't, I, you know, I don't remember, I don't remember uh, what. 40? Yeah, 40. I think it was 40. Uh, but I don't remember the results. Were they ever acquitted? I mean, were they ever tried? I mean, what, give us, tell us, Jerome, because nope. I know you brought that story, you brought that story up a number of times on this show. Yeah. Nope, they were never they charged. Were never, huh? um, they were never charged. Like, they, they were there were inquiries and the police did their investigation. They were suspended. They were they never faced justice for that. I mean, because all hell, I don't think it's just police. All white folks usually do in court to say I was in fear for my life, and juries usually rule in their in their favor. It's just for the, for the marketing that black people are dangerous. I think that still plays in people's minds. So they're like, yeah, let me ask you this. 
Let me ask you this, man. Are you comforted by the fact that we're starting to see more convictions, or do you still think that we are way behind the power curve? And this is, you know, we shouldn't be celebrating this because this should be the norm, not the exception. Oh, you know, oh, you're saying because of the thing in T-neck, because of this story that's coming out? No, no, I'm just saying in general, when we look at, you know, the police officer, uh, the female police officer, she was convicted. The one who thought she had pulled her taser and she shot the young man. The police officer in Dallas, she's in jail. You know, we already know what happened to, we already know what's happened or happened to the officers in the uh, George Floyd case. So, and then, you know, so is it, does it give you comfort to know that we're starting to see uh, these police officers held accountable? Or do you think, once again, this should be the norm, not the exception. Well, I don't have any, I don't have any confidence that a system changes itself. But you can right. progressively, like I think a lot of times people are usually say stuff like, "Well, we're moving in the right direction," or it feels like there's justice being served in this one case. I think that from you know when you started talking about the number of police shootings of black people, I think that yeah. it's not. I don't think we're moving needle in this. I think that we're starting to record some of the stuff um, right. from before. Um, and we're starting to record some of the stuff a little bit more frequently, and we're getting, right. um, you know, just some exposure on it. But I don't think it's changing it at all. I think the yeah. same stereotypes that happens in movies, on television, the fact that mm-hmm. you don't see black people in certain spaces, I think that all mm-hmm. contributes to what's in people's mind when they start thinking about black folks. And I think Mm -hmm. it still plays. You know, we still have policemen who will see a black person. I mean, I see these things all the time, and I'm sure people see it on social media all the time, about a random police officer pulling over somebody black and yelling Mm -hmm. at them no matter what the circumstances is. The black person would be like, well, I called the police, and they were like, I don't care, sit down, get on the curb, put your hands behind your back. When you called the police. That still happens in this country way too much. I agree, man. Well, it's something that we have to continue to make sure that we uh, talk about. And I wanted to take a few minutes just to, you know, I encourage everyone to watch that. I'm going to be there watching it. Uh, I don't care if there's a football game on or not. I'm watching that docuseries. And it will be, if you do miss it live, uh, it will begin streaming on Peacock the very next day. So check it out. We'll take a news break. We'll come back. Uh, Stage case and final thoughts. Don't go anywhere. Listen to the serious side of the J. Rouse show. United Nations nuclear watchdog says Ukraine's Abritsa nuclear power plant is back on Ukraine's power grid. One of the main power lines has been repaired. External power is needed to keep the six reactors cool and safe. Tropical storm Fiona could strengthen into a hurricane today. It's bringing heavy rain to Puerto Rico, and forecasters are warning of life-threatening floods and mudslides. In Alaska, communities along the western coast are reporting widespread damage from a historic storm. And in Japan, a powerful typhoon made landfall today on Kyushu, the southernmost island. The federal abortion restrictions proposed by South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham in an unexpected announcement last week would still allow stricter state bans to be enforced. Lake Farmer at member station WPLN in Nashville reports the 15-week restriction contained in Graham's proposal would just be the starting point. 
Senator Graham's legislation would not interfere with stricter abortion bans like here in Tennessee, where there's an all-out ban, no exceptions for rape and incest. But a federal law would further limit abortion access for anyone in a state with a ban, because right now, residents needing to end a pregnancy often have to travel to places where abortions are still allowed beyond 15 weeks window to travel would get much smaller. The measure is unlikely to be taken up unless the majorities flip in Congress, and several Republican lawmakers, even from states with strict abortion bans, have withheld their support, saying abortion should be left up to the states. For NPR News, I'm Blake Farmer in Nashville. And I'm Giles Snyder. This is NPR News from Washington. All right, folks, it's time for State Your Case, where we read comments from the world-famous chat room and comments from the social media pages that we monitor throughout the course of the show. Mr. Elias, man, you have anything to add to this segment, sir? No, I do not, sir. All right, well, I have a lot, so uh, let me see, can I get as many of them in as possible, because, boy, they are coming in. All right, so look, Pastor Steve, uh, let me stroll up here. Pastor Steve, uh, peace and blessings, kudos, guys, great show as always. The topics on immigrants and the queen were very thought-provoking. Thank you for allowing us to be the fly on the wall. Hey, Pastor, you know, you're always invited. Vicki from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Good morning, family. Miss Vanessa, your comments about immigrants are were appalling. As Christians, we should be the first ones standing in line to lend a helping hand. Proverbs 19 and 1 says, Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. Think about it and God bless. Uh, Reginald from, uh, this is, okay, Reginald from Mansfield, Ohio. Good morning, fam. You never know what you're going to get during roundtable discussions. LOL, peace. <laughs> That's right. All right, here's one from, and I'm, you know, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing his name, Rackus. I think that's how you say it, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Here we go playing the race card, for Christ's sake. What? Here we go playing the race card again. For Christ's sake, can't we just celebrate the life of this magnificent woman without bringing race into it? You know what? <laughs> I'm going to make my comment. I'm going to con- – you know what? That's going to be my final thought. I'm going to change what I was going to say this morning. Thank you, Brickus or Brackens, whatever your name is. All right. Uh, <laughs> one more. Uh, one more, one more. All right, here we go. Uh, God, I don't want to read them all. All right, uh, uh, Gerald from Irvine, Irvine, California. Good morning. Racist owners, that's not news. Robert Kraft, Jerry Jones, Marge Schatz, and the list goes on. And for famous sports figures, Deshaun Watson, Peyton Manning, and Darren Sharper. Pick one and let's keep it moving. Oh, okay, wow. Uh, here's me read one more. No, let me read two more. All right, Philip, Decatur, Illinois, y'all are funny. Regardless of the topic, it always comes back to Trump, L-O-L, I-E, the sports story. <laughs> okay. Uh, and one more from, I can't see this, uh, Chicago. There he is. Wanda says, thank you, Jay, for the final topic. Continue to keep these stories in the forefront. We will, Miss Ma'am. And on that note, <laughs> you know what time. Online radio at its best. All right, folks, it is time for our final thoughts. And my big sis, Miss Glam Queen herself, she is first. Vanessa, final thoughts. 
Well, my final thought is, okay, my final thought is, yes, I am a Christian, and no, I didn't say anything deplorable about the immigrants, but I live here in Texas, and I always have, and I just feel like they could be, like like Jerome said, all over the world. They don't all have to pile here in Texas, but you know what? I don't see what was so deplorable about me saying that, but you know what? You're right. I am a Christian. I go to church on Sundays. I tithe. I donate money to charities. I donate money and go collect dog food and stuff for dogs. The same person that made that comment to me, go look in the mirror and tell me what you do for other people and for other animals. Y'all have a blessed week. Look in the mirror. Drop the mic, sis. Drop the mic, sis. <laughs> you go to switch on, switch your butt out that door and go to church, girl. My. <laughs> it's tough. All right, man. Jerome, man, final thoughts. I, know, I usually don't have one, but mine was with one of the comments that was made about everything. I know, back man. No, I listen, know, uh, I know. Go ahead, please. Uh, I'm coming to. All, all I'm saying is that this country has a race problem, and it's a shame that anytime somebody brings that up, that folks get their 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 sweet tooth sweet or something like something is wrong with you to actually have a problem when somebody talks about race when race is the main problem in this country deal with it there you go I got good say. stuff Mr. Elias man final thoughts look folks I'm going to keep saying this until I can't see any see straight anymore these people are trying to uh, trying to destroy our voting rights so look get out vote and then get out and work your polls. Don't let nobody intimidate you. You 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 are you you're born into this country and and you have rights. So now get out and get out and prove. And and for those who don't know, our voting rights are not our voting rights. We got we got we got to get that uh, put in permanent and stop playing. Write to your senators or congressmen and tell them to amend the Voting Rights Act and make it permanent. All right. And my final thoughts are reserved for Brookus, Brookus, Brutus, whatever your name is. Let me tell you something. First and foremost, I always say this to all you people who troll this show. If you don't like what we're saying, change the freaking channel. The reason why race is an issue is because your people, and I'm going to assume that you're one of those, your people made it an issue. Our folks were minding their business in Africa before you brought us over here. And then you made us work for you for nothing. And you didn't give us anything for the hard work that we did. And the folks that said in Jamaica and in all these different islands are saying, look, damn it, we're not going to sit back and mourn the death of someone who was who suppressed our people, who made their millions off the back of ours. So if you don't like what we're talking about, if you don't care what we're talking about, I don't give a damn. I give you full permission to take your behind the Fox News and listen and learn over there. Kiss my behind. And on that note, Mr. Elias, if it is Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my dear friend? Freaking rant. It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe show. I'm going to kiss my ass. I ain't going to be my behind. Kiss my ass. Well, kiss my ass too and my booty. 
How about that? Okay. So for Mr. Elliott, so for Vanessa, and for my main man, Jerome, I'm Jay Ross. And have a wonderful work week. And remember, if it is Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff, and we're talking to idiots like Brutus or Brutus, or whatever your damn name is, it is the serious side of the Jay Ross Show. Coming up next on a need-to-know basis with the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome is free. He let you off the hook this morning. I thought he was going to let your ass have it. All right, folks, we'll see you next week right here on the serious side. Stay tuned because it's coming up next on a need-to-know basis. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Allegedly, just... You want me to take you out? Right? The of the United States of America. All right, folks, you know what time it is. It is time for only needs to know basis with the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome is free. Jerome, man, what do you have, sir, on your docket or on your agenda for today? You know, we're, I want to talk about that whole Brett Favre stuff, but we'll talk about that later. I just want to keep it going with our last comment, since I didn't get a chance to cuss somebody out. I usually say this for this part of the show. <laughs> I'm sorry for anybody listening to the earlier show that I didn't cuss out like I wanted to about the Queen. But I was trying, to, I was trying not to be too disruptive. But um, at the same time, we need to call it. We need to call it what it is. So anytime you come on the show, want to talk a little noise about us um, going off on your favorite i what what do you call them icons on your favorite yeah. icons? Like Jay said, turn the station. That's all we can yeah. say about that. Uh-huh. Brucus, so, so Jay, you stop, stop now. I'm gonna give you uh-huh. I'm gonna give you the floor to cut out like you should have. Oh, man, look here, man. I, no, because, see, it's like blood. When you get a little taste in your mouth, you know, you just can't go back. So I, I'm, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it professional. But, you know, okay. like I said, man, you have people like this. You, you know, you're the reason why. People like him are the reason why these things exist. You do stuff. You want us to turn a blind eye? Are you serious? Hey, she's a, you know, she's a grandmotherly figure. You know, Vanessa talking about them damn dogs. I can care less about that nonsense. Bottom line <laughs> is they enrich their pockets on the backs of black people. Period. Full stop. Right. And, and then they want us to celebrate them. Like, are you crazy? Get out of here with this nonsense. Like, uh, we should do some compassion for them. Please. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think I know, so either, El- sir. I know Elias didn't talk about talk about that. Elias, what did you think about that whole queen thing? I, well, hey man, you know what? She was man. The whole squads were racist. You could tell when they when they married Mega Marco. Anytime he gave up uh, his, his any he gave up anything that to do with the royals, so he could leave and take his wife to California, you knew damn well they were racist. And they said it was the brother who was doing, the brother who was doing all this stuff. Yeah, so, her brother you know, and his wife. Yeah. So, they, I mean, you know, that, that stuff just don't, don't, don't. Man, look, man, England has been racist for a long time. And, you know, it's just the way that thing works, man. And just like yeah. the United States, they're, they're racist. So, then England is racist and she's racist. And, they, you know... And I, I, here's what I don't understand. All those countries that, that, they, that, that they're getting money from, what if they say, man, we're going to pay you. Now what you going to do? What are they going to do? Right. Hmm. Right. Yeah, you owe me money. I asked you. You like that uncle that, you like that uncle that brother that owe you money. Like, hey, man, you owe me money. So what? I ain't got to pay you. 
sitting alone right. with them. Yeah, well, you know, it's not that simple, though. I mean, it's, it's like Gary and Neal are spending money. You know, they're taking money from Gary and Neal. You can't, just can't say I'm not going to give it to you. It ain't that, it ain't that simple. I wish it was, but it ain't. Well, they're paying the Royals money. Yeah, yeah, but that's, yeah, but they can They need yeah. to do what Jamaica did. Jamaica had to yeah. change their constitution, get them food out go. of there, queen off of their money. They had to do all of that stuff because they were inbred yeah. like embedded right. into Jamaica, the fabric of Jamaica. Yeah. Jamaica has no love for them, and they shouldn't. You guys, are, I thought they like, still you know, are though. Colonizers. I thought they Which still they? are. I thought that they are. I thought they still are because that's one of the reasons why they were talking to the Jamaican. I don't know if he's a prime minister or president. That was the guy who made those comments. Like, look, hey, we don't mourn her death. It's, we, we, you know, we don't like to see the past, and you know, we we feel for her family. But hey, what do you want us to do? I mean, you know, so I, that's why I saw that. I thought that was Jamaica. Or was it? That was Jamaica. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, but Jamaica, okay. when when Charles went to visit Jamaica, is because Jamaica has filed for their independence free of all of that. Yeah, so and they're going to file for it in 2023, right? That's what I heard. Huh? I heard that they were going to do this in 2023, that uh, Australia is going to wait until 2028 or something like that. or 20, I can't – I saw the numbers, but anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, man. I, I mean. You know what it is? It's because just like how, you know, France is is still sifting money from Haiti, what happened is that when – like, I'll, I'll, this is just an example I have. So when the Haitian Revolution happened and they kicked France out um, – and then I think the Dutch came over and tried to take them, and then they got them out. And then the Spanish, you know, they're on the same island as the Dominican Republic, so they had to make sure that they were free. So Haiti started rejecting them, and then Toussaint said, hey, why don't we negotiate with, with France to have some commerce now that we're free? So what did they do? They killed Toussaint. So Desilene came in. Get another revolution, got them out of there. And once they got out of there, France appealed to the international court or whomever and said that they owed them a billion dollars a year or something. I don't know how much money it was. And Haiti is still paying France because they said that they lost money and revenue and lives, and they built that country, built them. So what happens with the international fund in the um, world banking system, when you have a debt, you can't get into those systems without repaying debt. So they're still paying, Haiti is still paying France this obscene amount of money. So I'm sure Jamaica still has to pay England some obscene amount of money that they made up of, oh, we lost revenue because we went and built your bridges and shit. Like, we colonized you, built all of this stuff, and now you owe us. We didn't even ask you to come right. here to do that. Right. Right? You built structures yeah. to keep us out, and now you're billing us for them. So that's yeah. where it's a little tricky when you're talking about the World Bank and International, the monetary fund stuff, that they're yeah. billing them that they can't do business with other countries. Just like yeah. Cote d'Ivoire or, or the Ivory Coast had the same problem with France. Right? They had a revolution oh, wow. probably five years ago or something where France was backing the rebels rebels to overthrow the government because the government said, hey, we want to go on and take bids from any other com- country that wants to provide services. 
So France said no. So they tried to overthrow their government. And even during George W. Bush's time, the United States helped them by taking them off of the most favored nation status, which meant that they couldn't get imports and exports at the same rate in the United States. So they, it, it boosted up the amount of money they had to spend just to do business in the United States. They tried to starve them because France still wanted their colonizer money. So this stuff is always still playing, playing itself out. So just because when people don't know, you know, how these international um, transactions are working, we by default as being colonized always favor white people for saying, well, maybe we should just, maybe we should, like, you know what I mean? Like we favor them. We should bow down to the queen. She did die and blah, blah, blah. Nobody cared about, you know, um, Bell when he got shot in the back. But I didn't see the queen come out talking about that black man got shot 20 times in the back. I didn't see the queen say nothing about that. So why should we say mm. something about her? Mm. Really? Right? After yeah. all the stuff that happens to black people, I don't think she said jack shit about any of us. So when you come to us, white folks will come to us and be like, well, it is the queen. That is your queen. <laughs> right? That's for sure. Right. You know, we talked about Aretha or somebody because we talked about her. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I digress a little bit. But I'm just saying, we have to understand that they're constantly um, putting us back in that frame of reference that we are holding them to some high esteem, no matter how much they treat us, how bad they treat us. And we have to get away from that. And speaking of that, I don't know if I, um, I did hold out this story during the show, but Megan and Harry was found out to be, that they found out that they were uninvited from Buckingham Palace reception by reading press reports. They, they wow. So they said the state reception of world leaders and foreign royals was, was read in press reports, and that's how they found out they wasn't invited. That is their, that's their grandmother, and their father's now came. Mm. He can't, can't nobody tell them? Mm, mm, that is mm. some evil stuff. You yeah, know what I mean? Wow. Right? You don't, you don't invite, your, you don't invite your own grandchild to your, the grandmother's funeral? Wow. Right. It, it is not like Harry is like trying to claim her money. I mean, he has money. It's not like he's trying to, like he's doing nothing but honoring his family and they're shunning him because they know that if they elevate him right then the white folks who's supposed to admire William and Kate are going to see them as adversaries so what they do mm. is they try to get rid of Harry they're like hey wow. let's just act like this kid don't exist <laughs> wow so, you know, if this was the olden days where there was an I'm not going to put this out in the universe, but I'm just going to have to say it. If something happened to those fools in the car crash, Harry still will be back in the, in the pool for B. King. Yeah. He's still a blood royal. Yeah. In, in their system. So, and they're like, no, we don't, we don't even want him in the mix. Some catastrophic things would have to happen, but they do happen. So I'm not wasting nothing on anybody. Because he, he married the sister. Right. Wow. Right. You know what, man? Yeah. yeah. That's so crazy. I know, can you imagine? I'm. I'm just gonna have to say it this way. She is still biracial. Can you imagine if she was actually like, 
Lil' Kim. Like, if she was actually black, I'm just saying. Mm. Had two black bears. You imagine how that would play mm. out? Yeah. Them fools would have a doggone fit. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah. She's a she's at least satisfying something. It's kind of what I was saying about Obama years ago, is that even with Obama, being that his mo- mother was not black, they were okay with him, but not okay. But Michelle doesn't have, you know, she has black parents. She would yeah. Michelle a little bit different than they do. So white folks had to demonize her, call her name, say she was ugly. With, like, whatever they had to say, they had to keep beating, beating down the image of her so that people didn't admire her. Hmm. You know, it is crazy. All right. So hmm. I, guess, I guess I can, um, did Jay leave us? Right. Yeah, I so, think so. Okay, so I'll, I'll go to our first story. Um, you know, there's a study that's out that says that, now get this, we can reverse global warming by refreezing the poles. They said it would be both feasible and extraordinarily cheap. Now, I've okay. seen many of cartoons <laughs> with people with well, like... They put air conditioning on it. <laughs> What'd you say? What they going to do, put air conditioning on it? <laughs> okay. You know, although up this way they, they renamed the carrier dome, but air conditions don't really roll like that too much. Um, but they said that it's a unique concept for keeping the North and South Poles cool um, has been outlined in a new study by researchers from Yale, uh, Yale University. I'm like, they they got a deficit or something. They always do that stuff, right? Like Doctor mm-hmm. Freeze, isn't that like a was it um it wasn't Austin Powers or somebody who's like I got a freezer ray I'll go ahead yeah really that, that's mm. what it sounds like but they said it'd be feasible and cheap to refreeze the poles I'm like good luck with that man really? we're, we're gonna if if we can kill this planet we're gonna do it that's yeah you know we really yeah. do have to uh, I don't even we know have what to say issues, man we have mm-hmm. issues, and there's nothing yeah. else to say about it. We have issues. Really bad issues, too. Now, yeah. Huh? That's not, I mean, that's no joke. We got issues, man. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think a part of um, a part of our issues in the, in the, on the serious side of this is that part of our issues is that we have to break the way that we're thinking just to do something, you know, just to do something different. And you cannot, I, I forgot who, I think it was Ben Franklin, but you cannot um, solve a problem um, by using the same methods that you use to create that problem. You know, mm. so you can't let the white folks solve the problems that they created. They don't know, they, they will try to mask it and put a Band-Aid on it and do, you have to have um, different thinkers. And they don't want to relinquish that because they kind of believe through, um, do some sort of brainwashing that they have the answers to all questions and that if you don't mm. include them that you're wrong so I think that somehow mm. we have to kind of seep that into consciousness to say alright the people who created the, the problem will not fix the problem we have to kind of go through mm. um, another means so mm. um, you know Ford unveils a new the new Mustang and they confirm that it will, they will keep the V8 engine instead of going um, electric. So I know that 
the what was it the F? What is it for a truck? The F one fifty. One fifty. Remember, yeah. I did a story about that, and that they said they were going to make all of those car those trucks electric. They found a new way, mm-hmm. you know, better batteries. But the Mustang is still going to be a gas guzzler. So Ford CEO really? said that investing in another generation of Mustangs is a big statement at a time when many of our competitors um, are exiting the business of internal combustion in, um, vehicles. So, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, you have a bunch of electric cars. It will be a novelty to have some gas cars. I'm I don't know if I, I believe that he's get rid of all gas cars or something, but yeah, they're coming out with new Mustangs. That one, and one I that burns that, a lot uh, of gas. That one is the uh, F one fifty. It's called a Lightning. I ordered that thing, so and it won't be in until twenty twenty five. Oh really? Uh, yeah, man, that's gonna be my retirement. Was my retirement gift to myself, but right, it's it it crazy, man. Man, okay. I was gonna say, see that that's a good gift though. You know what happened is with car companies, black people when they retired used to buy um used to be like Cadillacs and Lincolns and stuff. And then mm-hmm. at some point Lexus started taking over that taking over the market. But they never marketed to black people. Isn't that weird? Mm. So you back yeah. in the days they wouldn't advertise to black people even though that black people were buying Cadillacs like crazy. They wouldn't market mm. to them. So, you know, I, I, um, they're gonna find, they're gonna have to find a new way to do business to keep, yeah, keep people, true. um, keep people stuff. Like, I don't know if you know anybody, but this is always my litmus test. You know, black people don't really drive Subarus. Now, there's a really? few that I, I know. No, I, I remember like doing a, a campaign se- season, just knocking doors. I wasn't knocking, but because I'm an independent, but I was walking with someone who was getting signatures. And we were looking at houses, and I saw an Oldsmobile and a Subaru, and I'm like, they're white. Have at it. And they said, how do you know? And I'm like, black people don't have – Subarus are expensive. And if you're going to spend money for a Subaru, you might as well get, you know, a Lexus or a Benz or whatever. Subarus are expensive. So when you see a second car as a Subaru, those, those are not black folks. Sorry, Subaru. Mm. I need to get on your marketing. <laughs> so somebody has two cars and one's a Subaru, they they are not black. Not gonna happen. All right, sorry about that. All right, that was a public service announcement from from that was a political campaign uh, uh, public service announcement. My bad. All right, now um, a, a solar destruction event earlier this year destroyed nearly forty of Elon Musk's uh, Musk. Um, Starlink satellites costing his company tens of millions of dollars in losses. Now, here's Good. the thing. You send stuff in outer space, it may burn up. Just want to put that out there. Mm. <laughs> like, so it's like, let me just send this out there. It'll be all right. They mm. said uh, 40 of them are gone. Now, Russia, in a related story, said that private satellites used by U.S. and its allies could become legitimate targets during wartime. So, they really? said, yeah, they're saying private satellites being used um, are legitimate military targets. And that's mm. amidst the Ukraine war. Now, again, you, there's no such thing as a global billionaire at that point. So, I almost mm. agree with that 
that still they're still allies for whatever country. It's, they're colonizers. You don't just send something out and then go, oh, I'm a United States citizen, so I can drop this in South Africa if I want to. Like they they're legitimate yeah. targets, right? So wow. we, we'll never yeah. go some some world government, <clears throat> and that's what the UN was supposed to be—an arbitrator to d- handle disputes. And the UN has not stepped up because the United States, uh, you know, under Trump, since somebody seems to believe that we always like to bring that nut up, but they started withdrawing from international cooperation. So when countries go rogue like that, you're free game. Mm. You know, United States hates this because I, I know during Obama's time, remember I did this story about, um, I think it was, Three, two hundred and something company, countries voted against Israel, and there was only four countries that voted for Israel um, against the Palestinians. Like they were, they literally came out and said, "Hey, they're unfairly treating, and like literally, like they would need to be sanctioned." So more than two hundred something countries said that Israel should be sanctioned, and the United States and like Canada and another country was like, "No, no, they good." So since they're yeah. permanent members, we we literally keep covering for um, for Israel hurting Palestinians. So yeah. when countries go rogue like that, um, we need to be able to call them out. So when Russia did that and yeah. all the world comes together against them, we're like, yes, we're going against them. We're all going against Iraq. What happens when everybody else goes against a goes against a country that the U.S. is supporting? Oh, people are anti-Semitic, and you know it's like here we go. Israel mm-hmm. is Israel sterilized fifty thousand European uh, or Ethiopian Jews. Fifty thousand black mm. people they sterilized. Wow. With Deborah if you need to go look this up, they told mm. them that they were giving them vaccinations for like um, flu and some other stuff, and they were sterilizing them and didn't even tell them. Hey, well, wow. nobody do nothing for doing that. Yeah. Mm. Sick world we live in, and that's why yes, you can't trust it. Is. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now, New York City fired another, I don't know what the first number was, but they fired another 850 teachers and teaching aides after they failed to get COVID vaccinations by September 5th deadline. It brings the mm. total to 1,950 terminations by their Department of Education since the vaccination mandate took place. So, mm. hey, look, I'm just going to say this and say it again. If the vaccination will stop you from dying, that's more important than um, you saying that I'm going to get COVID anyway from having a vaccination. That's why yeah. they eased up all the mandates. And New York State did a great job. Say what you want to say about Cuomo. But he did a great job in making sure that he tried to eradicate it as best as possible. People are getting COVID still, but they're not dying from it like they did when that thing first started. People were leaving this place when they caught COVID. Mm-hmm. So, so now that we have a lot of treatments, now it's different. It's like, okay, you get COVID, you find out in the first days, or first five days, you can get an oral. You don't have to get a shot or, you know, or anything. You can get, like, oral treatment now for COVID. So it's going yeah. to end up being like the regular common cold or the flu. 
you know, flu, you know, kills a lot of people. So that's yeah, I know that. Up, yeah, that's going to end up happening as well. So we'll have to see how that's going to work itself out. Now, um, you know, Diet Coke revealed that it may be terrible for your heart. <laughs> I'm sorry. Experts say wow. the artificial sweeteners should not be considered as safe as a safe alternative to sugar. So a team of French researchers who looked at the eating habits of 100,000 people found that those who ate um, the most artificial sweeteners were 10 times more likely to suffer from heart disease. Just get sugar because that is not helping. The artificial mm. sweeteners are worse than sugar is what it's saying. Mm. Mm. Now, now, did wow. you see that, uh, you know, I, I, and me talking about the Royals, I kind of hesitate on doing this story because we're only, I'm only doing this story because of who this girl is. But did you see that the Buffalo Bills owner, her daughter, his daughter was in the um, the U.S. Open? No. Did you, yeah, she was... Um, um, now here's what she did now this is white privilege if I've ever heard it so she um, she lost to the person I think who eventually won but after her quarterfinals loss at the US Open she she claimed so she can pee um, for her drug test that she had she had um, what was it I'm trying to think what alcohol it was she had a Heineken she had a beer at her um, at a press conference. So while they were asking questions, she's drinking beer. And she's like, oh, I'm drinking this so wow. I can pee for my drug test. Can you imagine if Serena or Venus or any of those ladies would have had some kind of, I got some Ciroc. I need this to pee yeah. for my drug test. Can you yeah, imagine? they have freaked out. Yep, they have lost their damn minds, man. Yes. Yeah, so, so just because she's a daughter of a billionaire... That they just, the way they did the story was like, oh, look at her. She drinks, she drinks beer after her loss. Um, mm. And then they said, because, so, and, and this time wrote, they wrote it. She claimed that um, she could pee for a drug test while saying the alcoholic beverage helped ease the, the, um, the, the, her loss. Like, not only did she feel a little some way about her loss, she was drinking a beer because she needed to have a drug test. I was like, what? My God. <laughs> see, I didn't even no, say that girl's name because I really don't like the story that much. But that's just crazy. Mm. That it is. The stuff that people can get away with. Serena got lit for the outfit that she was wearing. This girl sitting there drinking beer. And she was like, what happened to the etiquette of... You know, we don't do that here at, you know, at these little, little... It went out the window. The more yeah. money you got, the more stuff you can get away with, man. That's the way that it, thing exactly. works. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's like looking at, um, and, and this is also in the news is why we're talking about Trump, because he should be indicted. It should have been in jail by now. But it's just like his, they, the attorneys are claiming, or, or the judge claimed that Trump shouldn't be... They need a special master to look at his re- look at the confidential records that he stole because it's still government property that he stole and brought to Mar-a-Lago, 
but they need a special master because they need to make sure that um, Trump's privilege isn't being violated. But the trick of that <laughs> is that he's not president, so he does not have executive privilege. And to Biden's credit, Biden stripped him from it, too, from his um, clearance. Mm-hmm. Right? So you don't can't claim executive pr- uh, privilege when you're not the executive. But the judge that he yeah. appointed ruled that, oh, you should have somebody independently look at this to see if they violated his executive privilege. He doesn't have any. Mm-hmm. Again, we all would have been in jail um, about a year and a half ago. But, but having money affords you some privilege to have, like, stupid arguments just to stall. Just to stall it out. I, like I said, as long as they're talking about this thing is going to take for him to go through, we'll be past mm-hmm. the election season by then. And he'll be yeah. able to run for office and all this other stuff. Do they, they do whatever they can to help this cat out. Bottom line. And what like, what is going to do? Was talking about, hmm? They was talking about what? Jay was talking about the fact that, you know, the highest uh, it, is, uh, the highest crime you can commit is treason. He committed mm-hmm. it. And what are they doing to him? Nothing. Right. They're doing to this cat. Mm-hmm. Right. They're going to let him go uh, and keep mm-hmm. stalling out because yep. they, don't, they keep saying they don't want to set a precedent at going at political enemies. And they, ought, they just got proof last week that he mm-hmm. informed Justice Department to go after John Kerry in the look for yep. a crime. I can't yep. remember the guy who wrote the book. He sent a tweet out. He sent a tweet yeah. out. But, and but not did. only did he send a tweet, he actually went to the Justice Department and told them. So mm-hmm. there's a book out where the the person who was the U.S. attorney for the Southern District um, said that Trump went to him and told him to investigate. And he goes, there's nothing to investigate. He broke no laws. And then he went to another U.S. attorney, and then they investigated um, Kerry, and they said there was nothing here. He directed them to investigate another citizen because he didn't like him. You're not supposed to be able to do that as president. No. But he did it, and ain't nobody saying anything about it. Of course not. So, so, so they're using that as a defense of saying, well, y'all just targeted me because I'm president. Well, you targeted people. Mm. Yeah. And now you're saying it's unfair? That's the world we live in, that contradiction of, of them folks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so whenever I, I see that kind of argument of, um, you know, privilege, it comes in the fact that if you have enough money, you can stall out the system to make fake and false arguments just to stall. And what I think mm-hmm. is going to happen, what I think is going to happen is that he is going to um, he's going to announce that he's running has an exploratory. That doesn't mean you're running. He's going to form an exploratory con- a committee, give the impression that he's running for president to try to stop the investigation, but he's not going to run. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that he's going to he's going to threaten it, but he's an egomaniac, so he may run if that support picks up. But most people yeah. don't even like him. And I think after they get swept in this in, in November, um, he, well, he may just get, you know, if they get swept, he may just say, we need to take America back, and then the racists are going to come out again and do what they yep. do. You know? Mm-hmm. So, so unlike the comment that was made in the last show, 
racist people um, like Trump. And just oh, like God, the, yeah. they love him. Yes. Remember that there was a cartoon, um, The Simpsons that did that, where they had this helicopter that flew through with a fat Fox News logo on it. And it says, Fox News may not be racist, but it's the home it's the home of racists. <laughs> like, it's where they live, <laughs> right? Yeah. And that was, it was interesting because that, that show is owned by 20th Century Fox. <laughs> but it was mm-hmm. interesting that they were able to slip that in there. It may not, yeah. it, they may not be racist, but it's, it's, it's the home of racists. It's where racists live. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, did, now, I know you are traveling, um, but did you see that um, former president or real president um, Obama and former First Lady Michelle Obama went to the White House to unveil. No, I didn't get a chance to see that. Oh, oh my God! You, now, okay. So, um, former President Barack Obama, First Lady Michelle Obama returned to the White House um, and unveiled their official portraits, which will be in the halls of the Executive Mansion. So, traditionally, the last two president portraits that were placed. Um, in the cross halls of the White House with George W. Bush and Bill Clinton. That's what's hanging there now. Trump moved them while he was in office, but Biden put them back. And um, the new Obama portrait uh, in Clinton's will likely be um, located. So it'll be Obama and Bush. So I think they just can't keep the last party's people there. And um, so the White House historical... Association president said there was there will there was no prescribed process for portrait uh, for presidential portraits. It's really up to the current president in the White House and the former president that is portrayed in the portrait to determine the right moment. And there has been no set uh, no set timeline because they were asking him about Trump, so they said they ain't even talked to him. But the portrait unveiling ceremony goes back decade, decades. It originated as first ladies uh, as a first ladies event with um, Lady Bird Johnson inviting Eleanor Roosevelt and Betsy Truman to the White House along with their family and friends. And then 1978, Jimmy Carter changed it where President Jimmy Carter was the first president to host bring in Gerald Ford and former first lady Betty Ford to the White House. So that's something fairly new that they started doing. And of course, Trump didn't want to invite the the Obamas there. Of put up his portrait. So uh, Biden, it was. I watched the ceremony, and let me tell you this: it it felt like um, it felt like um, when Obama was in office, and it's the very first Bro. time. I'm telling you this: it is the very first time um, Biden. Look presidential to me. Really? Yeah, the way they address each other, and I just respectfully, Biden didn't stumble over his words. You can tell how much they really like each other. He told a story about his his, his granddaughter and the Obamas um, when they first came to the White House together. Um, one of his granddaughters came to him and said, "Can we take the the beds out of the room?" And he said, "Why?" And um, the little girl said, because we want to, um, we, we all want to sleep in the same room. So they wanted to camp out with the Obama kids in the same rooms in the really? White House. Really? Wow. So you can tell how close <laughs> they were. That whole ceremony with 
the first time Obama has come back, you know, to the White House for any kind of ceremony, and Michelle was very elegant. Jill, Jill Biden did such a great job. I, I, I am telling you, I know a lot was going on in the world when that happened, but it felt like this is a country for everybody with those two up there. Yeah. Yeah. Biden did it. I can't emphasize how good a job Biden did. I cannot emphasize that. Because, you know, Obama is very fluent. So even in his sense of humor and how he dealt with everything, of course, he was, you know, you know, in the words of Stephen A. Class, personified. Like, it was really upgrade. But just how they handled that, you can tell that they liked each other and that the administration, with all the accomplishments that um, Joe Biden has had, that... Nobody really sees Joe Biden until they start marketing him. That's why his poll numbers are going up. We're probably in day 96 of 96 consecutive days of gas prices going down. That never happened. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. And and it's because he's releasing a million barrels a day out of, out of the strategic oil reserves, which tells you how much oil we have in reserve. Yes. But we must not <laughs> even be making a dent in it. Nope. Nope. Because, because in if you don't know, in Cushing, I think it's Oklahoma, is where we sit some reserves. And during Obama's time, they started digging new um, new places. They're using old mines and stuff, but they're digging new spots to store oil. So we store a lot of oil in this country just for um, for like wartime for crises. So nobody would ever do that. Not not Trump, not Obama, not Bush. Anytime we had oil crisis in there, it's really hard for presidents to go, oh, let's relieve some, let's relieve our um, strategic oil reserves to bring prices down. Nobody does that, but Biden did. So the reason that inflation and all of that stuff is not going crazy is because Biden has done a lot to kind of ease that without even talking about it. But the Democrats need mm-hmm. to get a better way of communicating what they're doing. I said that I've been standing for the longest. That messaging sucks. It, it does. It really does. Man. It does. It really does. You know. Because if, if people think that Trump was a good president and he did absolutely nothing, but you're talking about the people who did something um, having really negative views of them, that's a marketing issue. That's a flat marketing because you know DeSantos is taking credit for the thousand dollars that the first responders are getting, and uh, in, in his state, because they're they, 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 they're saying we're gonna get the first responders a thousand dollars just for being first responders. So mm-hmm. you know he's like we're gonna, we're giving this to you, and it's all because of Biden's Build Back Better bill. So right. hey, I, I, if I was him, I said no. What he's saying is that he didn't. They didn't vote for this. None of the Republican Party voted for this. We're giving you this money because we we appreciate the job that you do. They don't. And for him to sit right. there and take credit for it, he's against it. But he's going right. to take credit for it. But this is what they do. I would call them out. I would have commercials on there calling them out. I would. I sure would. I would, I would do the same thing. Because Rick Scott is down there, you know, spitting fire, right? Mm-hmm. And they're taking credit for things that they had nothing to do with, and they voted against. Yeah. So 
whether it's Cruz or any of those guys, I would blow all of them out of the water. And Democrats don't exactly. like doing that. They're like, hey, we're doing that because we care about people. And I'm like, even though those folks do not care about people, they're taking credit for the stuff that you are doing. I'd have somebody, I, I, I would pay somebody to go into one of their sessions when they're talking and ask and have that stuff say on them like, hey, you didn't vote for this, so why are you taking credit for it? We know you didn't right. vote for it. And I, I would put us strategically place people in there and when they little, had their little town hall meetings, and I was like, hey, man, you didn't vote for that. Why are you taking credit for it? You don't vote for anything and, and, unless it's something that's going to hurt us. Why are you doing right. that? And, and, right. And I would, I would put it out there. But they don't, yep. the Democrats, they, like I said, they're weak, man. Their messaging is weak, you know. Yeah. They, and it, it's very weak. Yep. That, that is it, you know. And so, you know, their messaging is so bad that people always think it's a horse race. Like, I'm watching something now where they're always showing polling. It's like, oh, the Democrats, the Republicans, what's your party preference and whatever. That is nonsense. That's meant to give you an impression. Right. So if you think it's an even horse race, you'll treat it like it's an even one. And we need to see through propaganda. So I don't care if it's, you know, ABC, NBC, Fox or whatever. We are constantly fed propaganda to make us think a certain way. But those Republican folks have voted against all of this. The infrastructure bill, they voted against. um, Well, there was parts of that infrastructure bill that like pieces of it that they voted for but overall they didn't want biden to have any wins and so you have the january 6th committee stuff that's exposing republicans it's exposing what's that guy named in wisconsin who's running um ron johnson who's running for ron Senate. Johnson, yeah. that dude invited some of the people who ran into the capitol into his office he signed them in he had some of his office staff working with the committee with the january 6th people that is treasonous that's what the definition yes, of treason you have gone against your own country to disrupt it from its natural business and we're sitting here ignoring this and like oh let's talk about sports of let's course. go to something else you know so anyway it, it is it is crazy like watching these folks um um, kind of turn on a dime to act as if everything's okay. They try hard to normalize craziness. So you're you're normalizing craziness with the queen. You're normalizing craziness with all of this. You got to yep. got to call it what it is in real time. They, exactly. We don't get no mourning period for um, in our niceties, and I think that's why colonizers win so much is because they play on the compassion of the people who they're actually about to, you know, do evil to. They count on everything. So mm-hmm. you let your guard down. What was that? That whole first feast, the Native Americans fed them through the first winter? <laughs> and they yeah. went and nice killed the ball? <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, I think we need to correct history a little bit better, too. You know, most, it wasn't that white folks were good fighters. Most of, like, almost, I think a two-thirds or three-fourths of the people who were killed during the wars with white folks was killed by disease that white folks brought. I think we, I think we should correct that stuff. Wow. wow. Yeah. It wasn't them being great fighters. It was the diseases that they brought from just being there. Whether it's in Africa, 
rather it's in the Americas. White folks brought disease with them. Mm. And um, I'll talk about that on another show. I think we need to do a midnight show for that part. <laughs> I will tell you the details <laughs> of that later. All right. So in, in other news, <laughs> a female teacher of the year nominee who's 37 is charged. This is not even a nicer story, by the way. Is charged with raping a boy under 15. A North Carolina what? school sees the third member of his staff um, faces sex with a student accusations over a decade. So get this woman's name, Amanda Dow. Not going to wow. joke there. She's 37. She was taken into custody on Friday by deputies of the Johnson City, Johnson County Sheriff's Department and slapped with three charges, including statutory rape of a child under 15, um, oh and indecent liberties with a child, and has been arrested for um, um, also multiple sex acts, including statutory rape of a child under 15. Now, this is the third time in a 12-year period staffers at that high school were arrested for lewd and criminal behavior. Oh, yeah, school is starting mm. back up, and we're out of the pandemic. And he, you know, because remember, I used to have like at least four stories a show on this. Yeah. I bet, I bet you this is coming back. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So yeah, that's coming back now. A former Sarah Lawrence college student has pled guilty to helping her former classmate's dad launder money that he made, um, extorting and pimping out young women that he met after he he moved on college campus with his daughter. And started pimping out the girls on that college campus. Really? <laughs> yes. So they what? just ar- arrested his daughter's roommate who was dating him. So she, she's now like 31. She entered a guilty plea to uh, money laundering, conspiracy charges in uh, Manhattan Federal Court on Wednesday admitting that she understood that some of the money she was laundering was generated by sex trafficking. And it came five months after this guy, Lawrence Ray, was convicted on charges of racketeering, conspiracy, forced labor, sex trafficking, and obstruction of justice. This man literally moved into his daughter's college dorm and started pimping out other students. Wow. And started, and started dating his daughter's roommate. What a jackass. <laughs> I was wow. going to say, I would play black or white, but you know that could never happen with a black person. He moved nah, into the college no. and was pimping out the, kid, the students. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that, gonna, that ain't going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that. That ain't that even close. We can't even get close to anything just that dang on silly. I mean, it ain't Damn. silly. It's sad and criminal. But yeah, yes, it is. I thought, somebody thought that was a good idea. Yeah. Oh. You know, uh, Brett, yeah. that girl, that guy who made that girls got wall stuff made a billion dollars off of girls showing their stuff on spring break. So yeah, yeah. So I don't, That's I don't really true. even know what to go. But yeah, I don't know where to go with that story. <laughs> All right, yeah. now newly revealed text messages. I don't know if you guys. Talked about this because I missed the early uh, the earlier part of the show um, with Brett Farb. Did you talk about you know the yeah. Brett Farb, the welfare money? You did? No, no, no. I saw that. 
I saw okay. that story. I was like, <laughs> this okay. cat here, I, man. Yeah, I was thinking about skipping it because I didn't know if you guys did it early in the show. But newly revealed mm-hmm. text messages show how deeply uh, Mississippi, the Mississippi governor was involved in paying, uh, in the state paying more than a million dollars in welfare money to Brett Fryer's charity mm-hmm. to help fund um, one of his projects. He was helping building a volleyball facility for his daughter who played volleyball there, right? So mm-hmm. instead of the money going to help low-income families, in one of the poorest states, we know that Mississippi is one of the poorest states. It was funded yeah. through a nonprofit group, and it spent, um, and it was spent on a new five million dollar volleyball facility at that university that um, he and the governor both attended. Um, Mississippi State, uh, well, it was Mississippi State, I think, right? Or Mississippi. Mississippi, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, one of the texts from 2017 showed Governor Phil Bryant who left office in 2020, was on board with the arrangement. And um, now the state is suing Brett Favre and others, alleging that they misspent millions of dollars of welfare money. So the director of nonprofit has pleaded guilty to criminal charges in Mississippi, and it's one of the largest public corruption cases in decades in Mississippi. And it should be. Yep. And according to the... The, the previous court filings, the news, uh, the nonprofit uh, made two payments of welfare money to Farb Enterprises, the athletic business, $500,000 in December of 2017 and $600,000 in June of 2018. Mm. Now, wow. Again, since the other caller uh, or earlier in the other show, they said something about us always bringing Trump in. Isn't that Trump's boy? Corrupted. Yeah. So he golfed with yeah. him. Yeah, that's his boy. Yeah, but let's let's talk about mm-hmm. this in the athlete and in the athletes, athletic kind of way. <laughs> now Brett Favre does this. He's probably, you know, like we say, go under the radar. But you want to go after Deshaun Watson, right? Who some people are claiming that, you know, massage therapy folks are claiming that he, um, they're not saying that he sexually assaulted them. They're saying he brushed up against them. (laughs) Again, I'm going to say that that's low-hanging fruit compared to um, the Patriots owner, Robert Kraft, getting caught in this thing where they were having sex Mm -hmm. in a dog uh, massage. You know what I mean? Like, that was a (laughs) totally opposite. He brushed up against them, and everybody wants his money. But the white dudes who got caught in a sex ring and, and embezzling welfare money were like, um, probably nothing's going to happen. But they're trying to bring mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson. No, nothing's going to happen to this cat. You know damn well nothing's going to happen to him. Yeah. Come on, bro. Yeah. Ah. But, but I'm just making a point on athletes, right? Because even the stuff that happened with um, Michael Vick, his cousin. Mm-hmm did that like he was there was at his house but they convict him and send him to jail mm. like he he wasn't fighting dogs you know mm. what i mean so right. it's like you can catch these guys red-handed hand in the cookie jar and they still can't get convicted and you can get a black person to be like you know your cousin did something and they will wrap your butt in it <laughs> it's like yeah, I wasn't yeah. Even you know that was crazy to me yeah yeah 
So, like I said, even in – I know that um, somebody lumped Deshaun Watson in it. That's why I brought him up. Because even his stuff is really unfair. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, the judge ruled – he had a ruling against him. He went to the court, and they said – there's no criminal charges warranted. Everything's dropped on them. But now they're and they gave him a, and they that, gave him like a four-game suspension or something like that, and then they came back and said, nah, that ain't enough. That's not enough. Like, right. I figured as much. Yeah, that was my point. It still wasn't enough. So they um they ended up just kind of, let, let me arbitrarily give them something because we don't think that they punish them enough. Mm-hmm. But when, it, when it's anybody else, the story usually goes like this. Well, the court found them innocent, so we can't do anything. That's how it usually goes. Right? It's like, okay, you pick and choose your winners all you want to, but I can't help you. Mm. Yeah. So, anyway, looking at the Brett Favre thing made me think about that. And I'm like, yep, this is usually how this goes. You know, he got caught red-handed, and he's going to talk his way out of this. While some other people already got sent to jail. Well, no, he paid. He paid the million dollars back. He did. He paid it back. Because that's oh, what they he? said that he had to pay it. Yeah, he had to pay it back now, and he paid it back. But you know, the fact that he got the money is what got me. I'm like, why did you get the million dollars? Right. You're a millionaire. Couple, couple, three, four times over. That's just oh, rich right. people no keep doubt. getting richer. That's why I keep yep. saying they didn't pay their fair share in taxes. There you go. They get they right. they, they get over. And they can, they just keep circulating the money between each other, between all of them. The millionaires do that all the time. Wait a minute, but the point is, when did he pay taxes? He I'm sorry. When did he pay it back? Did he give it back immediately, or when everybody else got felt guilty? When he got caught. When he got caught is when he gave it back. Oh well. Okay, he so did. that don't until he, yeah, yeah he's yeah, like he's he like they're gonna let him off then. Oh yeah, yeah. When he they're gonna let him off. They, they like okay, you know they caught him. He, he gave he, him back he real quick. They tried to act mm-hmm. like no harm, no foul. But the problem yeah. with committing a crime is that if your intention was to defraud, then that's a charge in itself. Mm-hmm. It don't matter if you paid it back. If there was an intent, so what he's gonna probably claim is. In the text messages, he said, oh, if the governor's in, uh, okay with it, then I'm in, is what he said, mm-hmm. pretty much. So since he was in, um, he's going to say he didn't know it was um, illegal because the governor said it was okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's, it was the Nixon defense. Or, no, mm-hmm. Reagan. Or who was that? Oliver North. Remember that? When he yeah. Oliver yeah. North breaks all these laws, and he was like, it is not against the law if the president says that it's okay. Mm-hmm. That was his defense. Yeah. yeah, that's what they're gonna do, man. But he, yep. he you know, he and that's what he said. He said, "Well, the, the, the government loaned us the money and all this other stuff." I'm like, dude, you know damn well that was that piece. That money was for the poor people. It was welfare right. money. And everybody, all the white folks, are talking about welfare, welfare queen, welfare this, welfare that. Y'all, right. y'all the ones that that, 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 that they get more welfare than anybody. Even when right. you're rich, you ask for money. You know? Yep. So mm-hmm. they're misappropriating welfare money. And they think that it's yep. okay. And then they blame 
oh, this woman is getting food stamps and she's eating shrimp. And, like, they blame the... Remember, we had this conversation on the show, and I cannot remember who was... You know, I want to blame Vanessa for this. I don't know if it was Vanessa or any... some. It was somebody else on there that was really going off saying that people get stuff for nothing. And they were complaining, and I said, you know the average welfare recipient gets like five grand a year. I mean, it's nothing. And so, right. so you watch these guys misappropriate welfare money, and then you don't think anything of it. And it must be okay. You're like, oh, get the millions that's, that's of million dollars that they, they, they waste on, mm-hmm. on fraud. It's just this person got uh, shrimp. <laughs> you mm-hmm. mad. You mad. Yeah. You mad at that's what the rich folks do. They'll they'll say, "Oh, look at them! They're getting free this. They're getting free that." And, I, and my question: What you getting free? What are you right. getting free? Because you're getting way more than that person will ever get. Because you're you're a crook, you're a criminal, and this is how you got rich. Because you, right. you're gonna rob, you're gonna keep robbing the poor folks. That's how yep. you get rich. Yep, that is so, how you get rich. So when country. people say that stuff, I, I laugh at them, man. Because yeah. I, I, I look and say, you know, you're not seeing the bigger picture. Millionaires and billionaires don't pay their fair share in taxes, and they never will. They don't right. want to. They find it. My, my, and my brother said the best. He said, hell, if I had the money, I could start the lawyer. See, I didn't have to pay taxes either. I said, well, that's, right. that's, I said, that's the loophole that should be closed. Right. That is a loophole where they, where they need to pay their fair share in taxes. Yep. Yep. They need to cut out all of those loopholes that they get to do that. And so people usually go through and say, hey, well, if it was legal, it, I mean, if they can get away with it, it's them being smart. Well, if somebody mm-hmm. robbed a bank can get away with it, is it because they're smart? Do you have the yeah, same really. attitude them breaking the law as you do these people? Really? You know? So you're fair so, share. You know? Yeah. I mean, yep. you can watch Bill Maher sometime at night when he come up. Oh, it ain't so. It ain't so. Uh, your business with Jeff Bezos spins, spins, and I'd be like, and if I was on that show, I'd be like, well, it is because he ain't paying fair share in taxes, and neither are you. That's why you're crying about it because right. you don't want to pay your fair share in taxes. Because once somebody called him out, and he said, well, I gave a million dollars, and you making thirty million, so you gave right. It's like you making it was the right, three hundred dollars giving a dollar, yeah. Right. Ooh, You're offsetting it. your taxes by giving away. You're not giving away because it was out of the goodness of your heart. Right? So, mm-hmm. again, right. that's a that's a rich person's argument. Oh, I gave away money. It's like, yeah, to offset your taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. had nothing to they do with none of that. Of your heart. Yeah. Sure so, and I'm not even saying that heart. they need to be kind. I don't care. I'm just saying you don't mm-hmm. have no right to go talking to somebody else about what they should and should not do. Because you're just because you are immoral and unethical. So just right. because you get the advantage of the system, people get to a point where they start getting judgmental. Mm-hmm. Say, oh, well, look at what y'all doing, and we're tired of people milking off of the system. It's like you're milking off the system too. That's for sure. Oh, All right, sure. I know we're we're running to yeah we're running up at the top of the hour. I, I'll do one we more. Got really one minute quick. left. Yeah, so um, <laughs> there's a story that says that um, there's a new study that revealed that people who, um, 
who like the smell of like uh, natural pheromones, like armpit stuff, they said they have an unusual sex drive, unusually high sex drive. That's research from the University of Southern Medical University. Uh, uh, they they did they surveyed people from U.S., China, and India about sex drive, and they said people who frequently sniff themselves and others have a high sex drive. Okay, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. Count me I knew there was nothing to say on this. That's why I had to do it right at the end. <laughs> that's count, me count me out, bro. Count me out. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, we're out on that note. We're all out. People who don't wear deodorant, put on some deodorant. That's all I want to say. Really? Don't listen to no study. No, don't really? tell them that people just go around sniffing other people. That ain't good. That is crazy. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we will check with everybody else next week. We'll holler. <laughs> All right, bro. Peace. All right. Peace.